Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. It is our turn as we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Arnie Spanier was talking to the AL champs last night, late into the evening. Had George Springer on, man. That was pretty awesome, I got to be honest with you. Wow, is this my partner, Chris? Look how happy you sound. All I can say is, thank goodness, Oklahoma and the Raiders won this weekend. People were texting me all day going, thank goodness, because Plank was such a bear last week. It was unbelievable. So thank goodness you're in a good mood now. Well, let's just go ahead and, and call a spade a spade here yeah, yeah. because the problem was really yeah. you deciding you needed to poke the bear yeah and not like after yes. having an hour to simmer on it <laughs> like immediately after the play <laughs> happened immediately after the missed extra point but yeah hey you know thursday night ended up being a pretty special night uh, not just for raiders fans but with the dodgers getting back in the world series uh you had nba action going on you had hockey action i mean it was it was college football as well, too, it was a great night. It carried over to what I thought was a, a an interesting – I don't know if we had many great games in college football on Saturday, Arnie, 
but at least you have some interesting results to look back on. And again, I think maybe today is kind of similar in the NFL. I don't know if we'll have, and we're not having a great game tonight. We'll get to that in a second. (laughs) I don't know if we'll look back on week seven of the NFL and said, oh, we had some great games in 2017, but you at least had some results that raise your eyebrow. I don't think we're going to be, boy, if I'm at the NFL network and I'm having to come up with the game of the week that they'll replay over and over and over, I think you got to look back to Thursday because I don't know if there was anything that really topped that. I mean, even... I guess that was pretty wild with your Dolphins coming back, though. We can't bury the lead here on that front. That was a pretty incredible comeback today. That might have been the game of the day. You know, I was nervous when Cutler went out. I'm like, oh, boy. Of course, immediately I had to go to Twitter, which is what everybody does. And I'm right. Uh, I'm, I'm tweeting out, Romo next up. Let's go ahead. But uh, <laughs> Matt Moore did a great job. And look, he's a good quarterback and. Uh, I'm okay going the rest of the way with them, but I don't think they will. I, I don't know what they're going to go ahead and do next, and I, I didn't see the final results on how long Cutler's going to be out. They haven't really said yet. Yeah. They're still uh, with Cutler and with Carson Palmer. You have Arnie, you have two places now that I think their front office feels that they're in contention. And I listen, I mean, Miami's right there. No one's – even if it, New England holds on to this tonight, which it looks like they easily will, no one seems to be running away with the East – and to be honest with you, I don't know if anyone's going to be out of an NFC wild card spot at all this year. So in Miami and then in Arizona, you have two places where the front office believes, but they have big quarterback questions. You, 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 you know, I'm just sorry, Chris. I, I, I'm even sorry I have to say this. And I know and it's I, I probably I know shouldn't even know. I, look. And you know what I'm going to say? And, I, and let's just be 100 percent serious. And, you know, we like to joke around. It, it has come to the point now where uh, Arizona and or. Or the Dolphins are going to have to call up Colin Kaepernick, and 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 it's, especially if it's going to be somebody, especially if it's just for like three, four weeks, uh, for Miami. It, it, even if he's going to be a backup, right? I mean, you've got to. There's there's no other choice here, do you? I think that all along, when I started looking at situations, and again, I'm not someone, and Arnie, I know you're not either, and I don't think Eric, and I know Ramos is in, and I know we'll have the Sega on updates throughout the evening. I don't think any of us are guys who are constantly checking the Kaepernick tip, uh, ticker, to see, all right, so who said they're not going after him or who said he's not? You know, I couldn't care less about that, and I don't think any of us really do. But all along in this process, when I was looking around teams that I thought could use him in a, in a place where I thought he could succeed, obviously people brought up Seattle because he could be a backup, and they looked at him. Right. Baltimore, because we were all concerned about Joe Flacco's back, and I mean, the Raven offense has looked awful every game this year, except one, when they play the Raiders somehow. <laughs> but, but there was always a third team that I thought, wow, this would be a real interesting fit, and it was Arizona. And that has everything to do with the fact that I think they have a pretty good locker room. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of veteran guys there. You have established leadership. I don't think it would be – I mean, it's going to be a distraction, but I don't think it would be too huge of a distraction with some of the big personalities they already have. Uh, and listen, I mean, their season's on the brink right now, Arnie. Right. Whenever, if not already gone, I mean, you're looking at a team that fell to three and four today. I mean, you're you're talking about the next three weeks as must-win games for the Arizona Cardinals, and we'll just use them specifically. And you've got uh, you got the Niners, which, oh, boy. Uh, but then you've got the Seahawks, and then you go to Houston uh, for the next three weeks. I mean, you're talking about a season on the brink, and you're telling me that you're willing to do that with what they put out there at quarterback today, right. I mean, no, no, I, I don't think you're going to have an opportunity to get anything done, and we're not Kaepernick apologists, and we're no, not going to be by those far, guys. Right. Yeah. But 
this might be a place where it can work. This window with veteran players is closing. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald's not going to be around forever. And if you're telling me that you're going to go into that locker room and you're saying, all right, guys, we're putting it all on Drew Stanton, I don't know if you're going to get a buy-in from anybody. And that, that could really mean not just the end of the season, but, Arnie, the end of the Bruce Arians reign. Uh, and then suddenly your front office could be considered on right. the hot seat if they continue to fail. But, but, but you know, one, one other thing on that, Chris, and not to get political, but I'm no, wondering if it fits Colin Kaepernick's agenda now, now that he has a lawsuit uh, coming out against the NFL, if he wants to go ahead and, and, you know, take away from that by being a backup quarterback for either Miami or the Arizona Cardinals for uh, three, four, five, six weeks instead of just continuing with, you know, does it fit his agenda now? Or even if he does sign as a backup, does the lawsuit you get to continue I have no idea yeah I think because pretty much from that point forward if a team signs him it's kind of shot to you know what isn't it right at right. that point you would think though I don't know I, I would assume those they're still going to continue but you would think you're right on that you know you think as soon as the team signs you you're like uh-oh uh nah now we're in big trouble because we actually have ourselves a gig but I'd love to hear from you in Arizona I know we've got a great affiliate in Phoenix throughout the uh, state of Arizona Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox, a team that was already teetering. Now you lose Carson Palmer. What direction do you go? And I guess Miami as well too. At eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine, are you ready to ride with Matt Moore? Do you just reach this point where you say, "All right, this is who we are. This is the direction we're going," or do you say, Let, "Let's go ahead and go for this"? Because again, now it took a little bit of luck to pull that off today against the Jets, but still, we're looking at a division that no one's running away with. And, Arnie, we're looking at a playoff picture in the AFC that looks like if, if you can stay around 9-7, and seven, which, I mean, if you're at 500 now, 3-4, and four, you're, in good, you're in good shape, you might have a shot. So I'm going to be real curious to see how those two front offices play it over the next couple of days, aren't you? No, you do have a shot. I mean, I think 4-2 or just right now 4-2 and two is like wild card material. So if yep. you're, as you mentioned, if you're 9-7, and seven, you're going to be okay in the AFC. And let's face it, nobody, but nobody's going to be running away with this. I'm, I'm actually shocked at what the Patriots are doing to Atlanta today. I thought there was going to be revenge here. I did to shut about like this. This is disgusting. This this is like ruined the night. This this destroyed the whole night, Chris. <laughs> Twenty three zip New England now, just around seven minutes left in the game. Uh did New England get the football back? No, uh, Atlanta has the football. This is this has just been bad offensively tonight for Atlanta, and I guess you have to give Matt Patricia and New England's defense tons of credit after kind of the the tough start. I don't even say kind of the tough start that they've been through. But Arnie the story of this game isn't Atlanta's offense. It's not New England's defense. Isn't Matt it, Ryan winning the most overrated player in the history of the NFL? That that could be a 1A. Wow. But, wow. But, but come, come on, Fog Bowl, baby. Yeah. How, yeah. how about the creativity? I, I, and I know that we're all very spoiled now in the modern era of uh, TV coverage and being able to get uh, microphones basically on players so we can hear everything. But I kind of dig what NBC's done tonight, and I know the fog started to lift a little bit. But when they came out after the half, they realized, "Oh no, we're going to be in problem. We're going to be in trouble if we stay with this same shot throughout the game." I kind of dug what they've done, Arnie. They've given you that perspective behind the quarterback. 
all night long. So I think the story's been trying to deal with the fog tonight, and from the fans' perspective, you're watching it from a completely different angle from a snap to finish than I think we typically get. I dig this. Chris, you're on the sideline with Oklahoma. You tell me when's the last time you had, like, those torrential downpours or something that was just Mm. absolutely cold as heck. I've been on a lot of sidelines also. I remember some freezing, freezing afternoons wishing that let's wrap this game up. You know what I'm saying there, Chris? (laughs) Is that what you're saying? Are you saying right now Atlanta's in the mode of let's just get the bleep out of here? <laughs> well, the fog isn't going to make you cold, but that this this whole effort here, I, after what happened with them in Miami, I mean their season's now on the brink. I, I, they're right now they're about to have a, a season going to be worthless after what they're doing. It's disgusting. If I'm a, if I'm a Falcon fan, I'm so disappointed. It's not even funny. Yeah, and if and if you look back on Atlanta's season, and uh, again reminder that this show is about knee-jerk reactions. So there's not really a lot of, hey, let's see how this plays out because that's not what we do. That's not what we're going to do. We're recapping week seven. But you are looking at an Atlanta Falcons team that's going to fall tonight to three and three. And arguably, Arnie, one of their wins was completely and totally tainted. I mean, when they beat the Lions, they had no business winning that game. The Lions got ripped by that 10-second runoff call on – I mean, a a, a fraction of an inch, and I understand football is a game of inches, but now you're looking at the Falcons who will fall to 3-3. and There'll be a full game back of both uh, uh, New Orleans and Carolina, who's looked like garbage the last couple of weeks. I mean, garbage the last couple of weeks. And I'm sitting there watching this. I don't care if you went to the Super Bowl last year. I don't care if you have Julio Jones. I don't care if you got Vic Beasley. Arnie, this is a team in disarray right now. This is an absolute mess with what the Falcons are putting out there right now. And after they start off 3-0, and I bet you the fans are like, okay, this is going to be We're easy. Good. We'll yeah. cruise through the regular season. Uh, we'll, we'll turn it up a notch right before the playoffs. We'll get like a first-round bye. We'll be like the next New England Patriots. You're going to be fighting for your damn playoff lives when it's all said and done. This, this is disgusting. I, I never, The Patriots never would have lost a game like this. I, I, and to be shut out, this is the worst defense in the NFL. I don't know if you guys know that. The Patriots are the worst defense in the NFL, and the Falcons are getting shut out by them. Yeah, they're about ready to head into the red zone for only the fourth time this evening. Or actually, they're in the red zone now. This is the third, uh, fourth time this evening in their previous three trips. Not only shut out, but Arnie, they, they, haven't, even, they, they haven't even come close. They ran an end around on fourth and goal from the one-yard line? I know, I know. <laughs> this has just been a Now, of course, we say all this, and they'll score a touchdown, get a two-point conversion, right. get an onside kick, score a touchdown, get a two-point conversion. This game will be tight coming down the wire. But, uh, again, that, that all aside, this has not been the most aesthetically pleasing game, and I'm not talking about the fog either. I mean, just what a mess Atlanta has been. Uh, so we'll, we'll keep tabs on this game as the night rolls on. It's going to be a little bit of a different show to be honest with you, because we have so much to get to from the NFL with Week 7. We have a ton to recap from college football as well, too, on Saturday. But, Arnie, we're, what, uh, 48 hours away from the start of the World Series? My Dodgers. Your Dodgers. My Dodgers. I'm so excited. For the first time since 1988, the yep. Dodgers are back. We're gonna we're efforting a couple of insiders to help us talk about the pitching rotation, which has just been announced. We can talk a little bit about the Astros as well, too. And as and as we brought up last night, Arnie was on the air and had a chance to talk to George Springer as soon as things had wrapped up for the uh, for the Astros. I love this old National League West matchup 
for the World Series championship. And it's, I mean, listen, let's face it. This has been the two best teams in Major League Baseball consistently throughout the season. And that's what you want to see in a championship setting. You want to see the two teams that have been the best in each league throughout the year. I love it. You know, when I had him on yesterday, and of course it was so loud. And and you know how loud I could be. And I'm actually, was a little bit louder and he couldn't hear me. He still couldn't hear me, and I, I, I might have missed. Uh, I asked him a question, and I think it came out wrong. I said I was going to say, "Hey, who was that guy playing center field that made the catch in game number six? And it made it sound like, "Hey, do you know who made that catch in game number six? But he didn't hear the question. Thank the goodness for that, Chris. And I just had to move <laughs> on from that. But he was a lot of fun to have on. It was quite a surprise to pop him on. Yeah, that was pretty cool last night. We were driving back whenever we flew back from Kansas State, Arnie. We had to fly through some thunderstorms. And you know me, I'm not a good flyer to begin with. No, no. So, yeah, it was uh, it was a little bit of a rough one last night. But, yeah, Real lot of turbulence? Oh, my gosh. Well, and here's what's crazy about it is once you uh, – you, I, I count in my head. It's like when I get to 60 in my head and on takeoff, I'm good. I couldn't even count because I was so nervous. It wasn't too bad. Really? You know, I, I, yeah, yeah, I'm a paranoid flyer. I got issues. I'm a, no, no, I'm a bad flyer, too. I don't like the turbulence. The, go, flying in the Phoenix and Vegas is the worst. You know that, don't you? Uh, how about fly, try flying in a Manhattan, Kansas. You no, drop no, out no, of the no, sky. No, 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 because the heat, the heat rises. Oh, my Oh, gosh, and, and it's so bumpy. I mean, it's not great. even funny. It's crazy. Great, great. That's where I have to fly into in a couple of months. All right, we have an update. <laughs> the Falcons, fine. of course, as fine. we mentioned, have hit pay dirt. We'll talk about the latest update from Sunday Night Football. Uh, when we come back, though, Ramos is here, so we can have Dodger talk all yes, night if we want. Yes, Dodgers. Uh, we can break down college football, but we'll look and really focus on what stood out in Week 7 of the NFL next. It's Arnie and Plank on a Fox Football Sunday. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. There is a story in which I'm on Team Arnie with. Oh. I'll explain coming up a little bit later on. And, it's and, a story. Oh, and, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just want to say also, do we have the Steve Kerr hotline open as we start a new NBA season? Though I, I get a feeling he won't be calling in as they start the season one and two there, Chris. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I was really excited to kind of start talking a little bit of trash about the Lakers and kind of how <laughs> kind of how things might be going for them this year after they won in Phoenix. But uh, since since that happened, the uh, the Lakers are getting smoked right now at the end of the third quarter by New Orleans, 97-83. Oh, and and I might add. Uh, Earl Watson was fired as yeah. the head coach of the Phoenix Suns. So when you lose to a team and they fire their coach, maybe a night or two after you lose to them, never really a good sign. And by the way, we'll have the audio. An incredible finish in the NBA tonight as your guy, Carmelo Anthony, nearly the hero for the Oklahoma City Thunder this evening uh, until Andrew Wiggins banked in a lean-in three-pointer. So a little NBA yeah. to keep you up My on Knicks here. My Knicks might not win this night. year. My 0-82. I, I watched a lot of their opener against the Thunder on Thursday night. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, yeah. We, we got We've got. We've got to carve out some time for the NBA here this evening. But before we get to all of that, yeah. we are keeping tabs on Sunday Night Football. The uh, Patriots are rolling twenty-three to seven. Uh, we did want to talk about the. Uh, I almost said the Falcons, the Dolphins a little bit more. So let's do it. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. Eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. Larry is in Virginia Beach and he wants to kick things off tonight, talking about Arnie's Miami Dolphins. What's going on, Larry? Hey, how y'all doing tonight? 
Hey, Larry. Um, always a pleasure listening to you all. Um, yeah, I saw the game. It was a little nerve-wracking, but they pulled it out. Um, I like Matt Moore a lot. I'm all for Matt Moore. I had this idea about we only did it one time back in the 80s. We had a two-quarterback system with um, Don Strock and Woodley when we got in the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that would happen again, but what about the idea of putting two quarterbacks in well, whenever Jay Cutler gets better? Or And then the other question was I did – did see Ryan Tannehill on the sideline. Looked pretty good, and I was good. What about um, when Greasy went down and they went to the Super Bowl? Uh, uh, right. Two, oh, you're yeah. really going back. Yeah, that's going way right. far back there. But but then in the 1980s, they played the Redskins in the Super Bowl the second time, but they had two, two quarterback systems. They had Woodley and Don Strzok, um, and that worked that year. They were both average quarterbacks. They weren't great quarterbacks. They are okay, but the same thing now if they were able to put in well, I don't know, Jay Cutler in the first half and Matt Moore in the second half. Or, um, But anyway, I was interested on that comment. And then, um, uh, again, on um, uh, Tannehill, because I saw him on – what is his – I was wondering what his yeah, – Tannehill's – let me jump in here real quick. Tannehill's done for the year. I, I, I don't think you – Tannehill's done for the year and Rodgers done for the year. I, I hear these reports, oh, he can start throwing in six weeks. What are you, right, what are you yeah, crazy? Yeah. Yeah, no, no. Tannehill's done for the year. You don't need to rush him back by any stretch of the of the imagination, especially when you've committed, for the most part, long-term to him from a contractual perspective. Now, I'm sure Miami fans throughout the night can correct me. I'm sure there's an out in some way, shape, or form where they can cut him and it won't hurt him too much. But, Arnie, I'm not a believer in, hey, give this guy half and then give a second guy How's half. How's that working I mean, for you, the Browns? They've got like a three-quarterback yeah, system. Yeah, no kidding. So, to me, I find who you have faith in. And to me, I think Adam Gase, he's consistently looked around. Oh, you love the analogies involving relationships, right? If you tell some lady friend, hey, you're you're my one and I I dig you. But listen, I'm going to look around here a little bit. And if I find something better, they're going to, I expect you to stay faithful and keep working hard for me, but I'm going to be out looking for someone better. That's kind of like Matt Moore. Now, again, no one's really clawing and trying to get Matt Moore. And there, you, you don't see a lot of people out there. And there's a reason you're a backup. Um, but uh, Michael Lombardi, I think he was on with Bill Simmons, said on a podcast, sometimes you're an injury away from being a really good football team. And I think this might have been the case with Miami. I don't think Matt Moore's taking him to the promised land, Arnie. But I think they have enough pieces to where they let him out there. Give him a chance. And, I mean, what's what's the worst thing that he can was, happen? Is Chris, that- he was 2-1 he was last year at the end of the uh, at the end of last year to lead him to, into the playoffs. So, uh, you know, for all the knock he's taken, he had a pretty good run to get him there. So let's not forget about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had, they had to win two games with him as their quarterback to get to the playoffs. So I, I, I'm not trying to tell you that he's the end-all, be-all. But when you start looking at the free agent quarterback crop, whenever we've just wrapped up or we're about to wrap up week seven in the NFL and we're headed to the midway point, yeah, you got a couple of guys out there that might be interesting, Robert Griffin III, Colin Kaepernick, but nobody's walking through that door that I think is going to take you to a Super Bowl level, right? Unless, unless you're going to talk Romo out of the booth, but how's that going with talking Cutler out of the booth? I mean, he's if he's not if Green Bay's not going to talk Romo out of the booth, Arnie, no one is, right? I mean, that's that's a pipe dream, isn't it? I would think, unless he's really starting to get the itch now, unless he's like kicking himself for turning down any offers. Do you think he's had any serious offers to come out of the booth, or has it been all lip a lip service out there? <sighs> you know, that's a great question because I bet he's would, got at least two or three. I, I would be willing to bet that if if Mike McCarthy 
wasn't so stubborn in, in his ways. And it's worked, so you can't argue with him too much. But, I mean, come on. We all watched Brett Hundley today. We had that game forced down our throats this morning nationally. Right. Brett Hundley ain't winning anything. You guys can do all your feel-good pieces. You can use the camera with the fuzzy lens and the soft lighting about waiting for your opportunity. He's not winning bleep. I mean, the, I, I, I saw the Bears win today by throwing three passes, but that's an anomaly, all right? That's not happening with the Packers. So if, if I'm McCartney, why not, right? So I would have to imagine if Green Bay maybe through back roads have talked to him. Uh, now, Arizona would be an interesting fit. You know, I brought up Kaepernick to Arizona, but Arnie, if, if Romo looked at Arizona and thought, hey, you got Peterson there now, you still have Fitzgerald, they got Brown, they've got some playmakers on defense, that might be an interesting fit. Uh, am I reaching here for a spot for him, or is he done so done? No, I mean, if he wants to come out, there's some great situations. You, you, you bring up Arizona. I mean, look at that division. You're saying to yourself, oh, well, I mean, the Rams are 5-2, and two, so maybe you're saying to yourself, I don't know if I could make a run at that. I'd rather be in a position where I'm in first place. Green Bay would have been a good one. Uh, they were right up there with Minnesota. So I thought that would have been a good fit for them. If uh, Depending how far Cutler's out, maybe Miami would be a good fit also. So uh, the, the, the teams are there, Chris. I just don't know if he really wants to come out of the booth. 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. Uh, Mike in Minnesota, hang on there. We're going to get to you in just a bit. A couple of quick tw- uh, tweets. I like this from our buddy Calvert, at that damn bear, who hits us up and says, it's time for Arizona to disband the team and start over. Now, I, I get what you're saying. It's not like suddenly they're just going to discontinue the franchise. But, Arnie, you, you're looking at a team that has trended older a little bit, so maybe they say, "All right, you know what? Bleep this. We'll just go with Stanton and try to get the highest pick we can." Oh, I right. thought Jim Hart was still the quarterback. He's the- uh, Neil Lomax. We can do this all night long with the Cardinals. Uh, and then let's see. There was there was one Neil more Lomax. really good one. I think he was out of Portland, right? Or Portland? Portland State. State. Yeah. Neil Lomax out of Portland State, wow. who had a hip problem, had hip replacement. Man, I love that guy growing up. Uh, and then Eddie. Eddie writes, I wish the Packers would pick up Colin Kaepernick so they would become the number one dumpster fire in 2017. Protest all day if they want. And then he added, knee-jerk reaction number one, fire the Falcons coach and whoever is responsible for the fake fog tonight. The fake fog (laughs) jokes came very early and often as far as the Patriots uh, cheating tonight. So uh, keep them coming. At Stinking Genius 1, at Plank Show. We'll get back to the phones at 877-99 on Fox. 877 Nine nine six six three six nine. But looky here in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studio, Steve Sager's been hanging out all night long. I gave After him the night a- off Tuesday. <laughs> you keep going back to that. Yeah, it's hilarious. Ar- Arnie doesn't have a show Tuesday, but sure. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Oh, two things to update you on that Bears game. They won an NFL game when their quarterback was four of seven passing and sacked four times. He four had- of seven. <laughs> He was sacked as often as he had a completion for the Has that day. Ever happened before. And the Bears' offense only had five first downs in an NFL game and won. 17-3 was the final over Carolina. And one going away. Wow. <laughs> Panthers quarterback Cam Newton sacked five times, three turnovers in the loss. And your Laker update, they are only down one at home. Wow. What? What a what? comeback in the second half My against Lakers. the Pelicans. Oh, stop. New Orleans 98-97 <laughs> in the lead with eight minutes to go. Lonzo Ball from three-point range, 0 for 4. He should just knock that off. But other than that, he does have eight points, seven rebounds, 12 assists in L.A. tonight. 
And that Minnesota win at Oklahoma City comes on Andrew Wiggins' three-pointer at the buzzer to beat Oklahoma City, 115-113, right after Carmelo Anthony hit a three with five seconds left. Wiggins on the winning side, 27 points. The only other NBA game, Brooklyn beat Atlanta, 116-104. D'Angelo Russell now with the Nets, 16 points and 10 assists. The final at New England was 23-7 over Atlanta. Tom Brady with two touchdown passes in the second quarter. That little shovel for the first TD to Brandon Cooks right in front of him counts as a pass for the game. Brady, 21 of 29, 249 yards. Nice day for Ezekiel Elliott. Yes, he's still playing, and Dallas won 40 to 10 at San Francisco. Elliott with two early touchdown runs and a 72 yard touchdown reception later. So total it up 219 yards from scrimmage. Pittsburgh beat Cincinnati 29 14. More work for Le'Veon Bell, 35 carries, 134 yards. Plus, he had three catches for 58 yards. The Steelers are 5-2. and two. Seattle beat the Giants in New York 24-7. Giants with only about 175 yards of total offense, while the Seahawks had 425. And the Chargers shut out Denver 21-0. Wow. L.A. with three straight wins. This was their first home win in L.A. for the season. The Broncos have been shut out now for a first time since 1992. <laughs> And the last time they were shut out was in L.A. against the L.A. Raiders at the Coliseum. Elway's <laughs> coming out of retirement. Wow. And this, you know, this, this two times per year, these division opponents face each other ever since they started as AFL teams in the 1960s. So what about Romo going there? They play, they play each other all the time, and the Chargers had not shut out the Broncos since 1978 until today. We thought the Broncos were bad with that offense last Sunday night. They were worse today. I mean, I know Emmanuel Sanders was out. They had three tackles out, and they have Trevor Simeon at quarterback. Enough said. He got sacked five times. Denver had three turnovers, ten penalties, shut out against the Chargers. Uh, Lakers have taken the lead. Oh, look at you. You gave them up for dead like five minutes ago. (laughs) Yeah, I was ready to start pledging my allegiance to the Timberwolves. My Timberwolves. They have outscored the Pelicans 18-4 in the fourth quarter. There's still seven minutes to go, but it's 101-98 Lakers. And by the way... I was going to say, my Knicks mathematically eliminated from fourth place in the division. How soon are they firing their coach? You you guys have mentioned Earl Watson let go by the Phoenix Suns today. We'll take him. 0-3 start, he's already out. But if you've seen any Suns games this week, my goodness, they've allowed nearly 130 points per game for the first week of the season. Not pretty good for drawing a fan base, so apparently assistant Mm. Jay Triano is taking over. It's the earliest NBA coaching change since 1971. Wow. When the Buffalo Braves were still pretty new, their coach Dolph Shays was let go after one game that season. Wow, that's good stuff. And then they became Mm -hmm. the Clippers. That's right. They moved and become the greatness of the Clippers, yes. Look at Arnie and his sports trivia tonight. We are coming to you live tonight from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or you can call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Now, don't forget, Arnie, uh, coming up next segment, I am laying out how there is a a take that I totally disagreed with you on last week, and and I minimized your take. But I'm on Team Arnie right now. I know you come around. Yes, it involves college football, and I'll explain coming up here in just a bit. But let, listen, let's get back to the phones at eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. So many topics. You know, you're looking at quarterback play in the league, which has just been. I mean, we want to point to 
protests and disdain with the NFL for ratings dropping. Oh, fantasy's not as hot as it once was. I mean, I listen to every podcast on this crap, Arnie, so I've heard every single angle possible. But let's just face it. We are getting some really bad football. When you get good football games, you usually have good ratings. And I'm here to tell you right now, as great as Bears fan feels with a win, three completions aren't going to win you many football games. Cam Newton running some stupid pitch play is not going to hand you seven like the Panthers did today. So overall, there's got to be better answers at the quarterback position. So we'll see. Mike yeah, in Minnesota. Wait, wait, wait. Just, oh, go is ahead. This, is this all about offense? I mean, then everybody cries when we say you can't hit the quarterback, you can't hit the defenseless receiver. We make things so it's uh, more offensively uh, acceptable. We want to see more points out there. Hasn't scoring gone up over the years? I assumed it has since everybody's on the West Coast offense and they started that back in Bill Walsh's days. I assume scoring has gone up, so why haven't ratings gone up? Here's here's what I do see though as I just I see a position and I know this I'm not trying to be hot take guy but I see a position that ha- has regressed and I don't just mean in this all these guys are coming from spread offenses it's just how are we looking at players like I, no no offense but a Derek Anderson being able to still be a backup quarterback uh, how are we looking at situations where Drew Stanton who has consistently failed as a backup quarterback, still getting shots. Um, I mean, give him credit today because he's actually done well in Minnesota, but even a Case Keenum. I mean, the dude threw for 188 yards today and had a pick, but they still won it. C.J. Beathard started at quarterback for the 49ers. Arnie, it's just it, – Trevor Simeon was just god-awful today at quarterback for the Broncos. So you start looking around the league – and you see a lot of issues, I think, at the quarterback position. You're getting bad play. You're just getting. And I don't. I don't even want to start the Browns because the Browns are a whole hour within themselves. Yeah. So let, let's slide Mike in Minnesota in here. Right. See what he thinks. Mike, welcome to Fox Sports Radio. Hey, hey, thanks for uh, having me on. I really appreciate that. And uh, I really, I, I kind of want to address the Colin Kaepernick, the Colin Kaepernick thing. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, sure. If I think if uh, if think of a team really is relying on Colin Kaepernick. They're probably not going to make the playoffs, and this is why. Bill Polian, in the preseason, brought it up that this isn't about what his stance was or what he, why he's kneeling, so to speak, why he's not standing. But he's actually not a team player. So, I mean, that's I, I don't that's even, all I, I have mean, on. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Can I, how do you say something like that when he's gone what, uh, back-to-back to NFC championships that, those two years? When, how is he not a team player and gone that far? I'm not following you. Well, and well no had, team's interested in him, and the team that he played for has had three coaches fired. Doesn't mean you can't win with him. him. And the three coaches that got fired weren't because of Colin Kaepernick. I promise you that. But I appreciate the call. Thank I mean, Chris, I, I don't even understand. I don't even know what he was talking about. What do you mean that he's not a team player? I'm not, I'm not following you on that. Here's what happens. And, 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 again, I understand the society that we live in today. But anymore, even the smartest people have to say some of the dumbest S to make sure that they can be relevant. And I think when Bill Polian said that, I remember when he said it, I think he was kind of talking out of his back. And that's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> so I, he, he, he has forgotten more football than I'll ever know. But this is a dude that was named, that won the team, teammate of the, I don't want to say teammate of the year. It was some, some award some, that the Niners I thought had. a humanitarian award for the team or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's not like he was uh, – 
it was not like he was evil in the locker room. No, I mean, they, no. And you have a lot of players who have stood up in defense of him. He just happened to be the first guy that did it. Right. And so he's the one who's paying the price. If if How about this? If Colin Kaepernick didn't have this circus around him, would he have an NFL job right now? Of course. Absolutely. Probably There's so, no, yeah. Not probably. We know he would have. There's no doubt about that. Though I still don't think he's going to win that collusion case. I would agree with you on that. He would have a job by now. Yeah, and here's what's interesting, too, is, is so we bring up Kaepern- uh, Kaepernick because that's the, that's the name that's brought up all the time. But yet, whenever we got done on last Sunday night, and of course, a, a week ago tonight was whenever the Aaron Rodgers news broke. We had our buddy Will Carroll on, injury expert, to talk about broken collarbones. I mean, it was, it was a rough night for the Packers. And we went through this show. Oh, what about Kaepernick? Well, probably not in Green Bay. How about Romo? And we brought, you know what we didn't mention in three hours was a quarterback whose numbers he didn't have the championship visits, but he did have an MV, a, a rookie of the year award. We went three hours without bringing up Robert Griffin III. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So what's what's kept him out of the league? I mean, and, and again, I know two op, three opportunities you failed with Washington. Things didn't go so well with Cleveland. What there was, I'm, I'm missing someone in there with him as well too. But I mean, you're just looking at a situation I think where there's guys that maybe we deem worthy because. They were good in video games, and yet for some reason they're not getting an opportunity in the NFL. It's, this is going to be a real these, – these are two interesting spots to keep an eye on, guys, that develop tonight, I think, Arnie, Miami and Arizona. I think these are, the, these are the last two places where I think you might see a little bit of a splash in free agency at the quarterback position if it's Romo or, or whomever it yeah, might be. Yeah, cover was a, a chess problem, so – I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't know. Maybe he'll probably or probably miss this uh, Thursday against Baltimore. I don't. I, well, I'm not a doctor. I don't think it's going to be anything more serious than that, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. When we come back, we're heading to New England to talk Patriots Falcons. One of the Pats off a of win tonight is going to join us. That's next with Arnie and Plank on a Fox Football Sunday. You're right, Ramos. We are good. As we welcome you back to Arnie and Plank on a Fox Football Sunday. Great I'm news. Slipping away for the Lakers. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Now, wait a minute. Now, remember, I'm on a delayed feed here, so I still have a two-point game, so don't ruin it for me. Delayed feed? You're, you're, geez, you're on a big delay there. Yeah, now we're down four with 207 left in the game. Are they down seven? <laughs> well, yeah. I can go ahead and close this window. Oh, yeah, he told me not to say Arnie. anything, but that's just the type of guy. I oh, no, that's Arnie. Ramos, have you worked with Arnie before? <laughs> oh, many times. Okay. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know, anything that makes you happy or brings you joy is, <laughs> is the worst thing that could possibly be in the world. Uh, but, but I, so I'm falling into a trap here because I actually, I, I've got to kind of agree with you on something, Arnie, because as you know, I am a very passionate college football fan. And I understand that early in the season, it had been kind of tough for the Arizona Wildcats, right? You'd started the season 2-2 two and two oh, yeah. with a loss to the, uh, to the Houston Cougars in Ooh. Week 2 and a, and a tough loss to Utah in Week 4 when Utah was ranked. But, see, last year, do you remember what the big rallying cry was last year whenever everybody and their brother was making excuses for USC and why USC should have been in the national championship conversation? Because Sam Darnold hadn't started the first four games. And once Sam Darnold took over, oh, my gosh, this is the greatest team. If only Sam Darnold had played against Alabama. I mean, I know that people get tired of the member berries from South Park, but that's how it was. 
That's exactly how it was. Smart people, people I respect going into the last week of the season. Well, I don't know if Clemson belongs because Sam Darnold. Arnie, I think we could start making this same point for Khalil Tate. What happened once Arizona went with Khalil Tate at quarterback? What happened? They've been one of the more dominating ground teams in the country. They've won three straight. They've won. Now, granted, I don't want to say in dominating fashion, but they've won three straight games now. I mean, can we? I'm going to start making the excuses that we need to forget those first four games for Arizona, <laughs> just like everyone wanted us to, for, to forget USC you last know, year. F- forget about that part, though. I'll, it'd be interesting to see. You know, somebody brought up that maybe you should be a late, uh, late Heisman Trophy candidate, and I kind of chuckled at that until I saw that the guy and I saw the top five averages. Uh, he averages 17 yards a carry. It's ridiculous. It, it, it's insane. Nobody even close. Now, sampling size is still small. I believe, what, five more games left inside the pack? So, uh, and obviously some good teams. We'll see what he does the rest of the way. They've beaten up on some little sisters, uh, the Colorados, uh, the Cows. Wait, uh, what are you talking about? Cal just won a huge game last week in shutting down Washington State. That's true. Cal's, Cal's not uh, – that's that's supposed to be the defensive specialists, if you will, with Justin Wilcox as their head coach. Arnie, you guys put 45 yeah. Well, double them. overtime, right, yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> here, here, I, I, am, I am all of you. know, I'm a Heisman voter, Arnie. Uh, but I'm here to tell you, if, if everyone goes to bed early because, you know, we're curmudgeons, and I know some people don't see the feeds on the West Coast, but I'm here to tell you right now, if you don't make time, and this is the royal you, not you, to watch Khalil Tate play, and, yes, I'm worried he's going to get his head knocked off at some point. <laughs> this is fun. You hear what they're making the comparisons to now. This is like what – Rich Rod had when he had Pat White. Why did they wait so long to play him, Arnie? I don't. You see, that's the question. He they went with what Dawkins, I believe, was the starting mm-hmm. quarterback. Uh, they felt more comfortable uh, in going with him, and I believe he was in the program a little bit longer. Uh, and of course, you make the wrong mistakes sometimes. And yesterday's game was unbelievable because the fact is that their running back was thrown out of the game for targeting. And you're probably saying, "How does an offensive guy get thrown out for targeting?" It was on an interception, and yep. he had a corner. Uh, you know, I don't want to say blindsided, but that's anyway. That's how he got thrown out. So that's what made the game a, a little bit more uh, crazier than usual. And you know, Cal did a pretty decent job. I know you say the forty-five points, but fourteen obviously came in double overtime. But hey, it, I, I'm not even sure exactly how good my Wildcats are. I'm not even sure how good uh, uh, Tate is. So I, I think the next five weeks will obviously decide bunch. But I think it caught me by surprise, to be honest with you, Chris. Well, coming up next hour, we're going to head back and talk Sunday night football with either James White or Deion Lewis. But, Arnie, as we wrap up hour number one, we did learn two things. Number one, USC is out of the national championship conversation. Done. When you lose 49-14, to 14, it is over, O-V-E-R, over, as is your preseason pick, Michigan, who fell to Penn State. They needed that to stay alive. But, Arnie, in 60 seconds, do we put Notre Dame in legit contender? Their only Woo. loss is a good loss to Georgia. They've got a lot of big games still no, ahead. No, they've got I mean, two games left. They've got two games left. The Stanford game and the Miami game, that's it. You're not going to worry about that unique little offense at Navy runs? Uh, or and, and I know the people at NC State are yelling at me right now, but I'm not paying attention to them. <laughs>
See, what you have to realize is Arnie doesn't give you any credence unless you've at least had maybe, what, a couple of conference championships? So get with the game, <laughs> North Carolina State, and then he'll be in with you. Yeah, I, I, it's going to be real interesting to see what the playoff committee does with Notre Dame if they keep rolling like they are. All right, when we come back to the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, we're going all in on week seven of the NFL. We got crown him or crush him and Todd Furman. Before we get out of here on a very busy Sunday night, he's Arnie Spanier, the stinking genius. I'm Chris Plank, 877-99 on Fox. It's a busy night right here on a Fox football Sunday. All right. All right. We are coming to you live tonight from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. We're heading Boston Way here in a bit to hopefully – Hear from Dion Lewis or James White. Big night for the Patriots is in the Super Bowl rematch. They win 23-7, to though. Is it fair to say 23-7, to Arnie, the final score makes that seem a little bit closer than it actually oh, was? Oh, not, not as close as the final score indicates. Let's just go ahead there and say that. That was, that was a butt-kicking, what we saw today. Such a butt-kicking, I wanted to turn it off. Thank goodness uh, nothing else was worthy watching in your Lakers loss, so we yeah. had to stick with it, you know. Uh, uh, Tom Brady, two touchdown passes. Deion Lewis ran for 76 yards, but it really wasn't a night about offensive performances. What I mean, Julio Jones ended up going, well, he didn't even get to 100 yards, 99 yards, but aren't in a matchup with a defense that had been as maligned as New England's had been, worst yeah. defense in the league, that ends up stealing the show on Sunday Night Football. Go figure, right? I don't know what to make of it. I mean, really, you, you said it. The Patriots had the worst defense in the NFL, yet they uh, put up a, a great defensive effort against a team that's supposed to have a pretty good offense, yet they struggled last week at home when they were up 17 nothing. Mm. You don't lose. They had like a 98% chance of winning that Miami game last week uh, that they let slip away at home. So uh, Falcon fans have to be beside themselves over this one. You know, we got crown him or crush him coming up here in just a bit, and I think this could be a consistent theme for every single show that we do. You said you're having trouble making sense of it. Arnie, I'm, I'm having trouble making sense of the league, period. I mean, it, every we always – it's not a joke. We always say it. It's a week-to-week league, right? I mean, every week there's something different, and here we are. We're charged with on Sunday nights coming in, opening up the phone lines and taking your calls. If you guys want to get in here at 877-99 on Fox, uh, hitting the Twitter reaction at Stinking Genius One at Plank Show and at Fox Sports Radio. But it seems like every single week outside of, say, Cleveland and San Francisco, <laughs> there's a team that we look at and say, wow, they might have something. And there's a team or, or 12 that we look at and say, what in the hell happened to them? This has been one of the more ch- – I mean, let's just – let's look at the Saints. I heard when we were driving in, uh, I heard Jonas and Brady talking about the Saints and the Chargers. Let's start with New Orleans. Here's a team that starts out 0-2 yep. and looks absolutely lost in a 36-20 defeat at the hands of the Patriots and really didn't play all that well in getting smoked in their opener by the uh, Vikings. From a score differential perspective since week two, Arnie, they've been the most dominant team in the National Football League. Now, granted, I don't get too carried away about today because it's the first game with Brett Hundley as the starter, but, you know, kind of a little crown or crush them teaser, even though they lost Marshawn Lattimore, do we put them now in this position where they're the favorites in the NFC South? Remember now, when you start off 4-2, what were the chances of you making the playoffs? Like oh. 15 to 20%? So it was minuscule. 
and now they're four and two. So obviously that is shot up. What you really need to look at, uh, yes, it makes them the favorites of the NFC South. But what you, what you really need to see is if Philadelphia loses, every team in football, we're only talking seven weeks in, will have at least two losses, and we're seven weeks in. That to me is unheard of. I mean, usually there's one team that's undefeated, or you'll get two or three teams, probably two teams with uh, maybe one team with zero losses, one or two teams with one loss. We'll have no teams. Every team will have two losses uh, if the if the Eagles lose only seven weeks into the season. That, to me, is absolutely crazy. That's insane. That's <laughs> And, and I, then, you know, I, I was, I'll, I'll save the Chargers for crown them or crush them. But let's look even on, say, the other side of that, where you have a team like the Rams, who, I mean, for the most part, you could argue, and, and again, I, I, it might be a bit of a, of a stretch for an argument, but you could argue that they should be undefeated right now. Whoa, you know, they had a whoa. chance against the Reds. I know, I'm, I'm not getting too carried away here. <laughs> and they only fell to the Seahawks by six. I mean, you're sitting at five and two. You're a half game up on Seattle because they've already had their bye and you haven't yet. So, I mean, I, I, I'm, I know it's early, and I, I, I keep saying I know it's early, but yet we're almost at the halfway point of the season. Yeah. I'm buying, man. I'm buying big time right now on what's going on in Los Angeles. I don't care about TV ratings. I don't care what the crowds look like on it. What they're putting on the field, that's going to draw fans because, man, they're a fun team. Not only are they a fun team, they have the most points in, in, in the NFL. They have the best offense. I don't know if that means they have the best offense, but it certainly means that they're putting points up there. That That's the part that's absolutely crazy. So I got to give them a lot of credit for that because I didn't see that coming. I thought they'd be about 8-8. Eight and eight. And then let me throw one more because I want to get to the phones. Scott and Ella hanging. I'm going to get right to you at 877-99 on Fox. But, Arnie, what what do we make of these quarterback situations? Let's start with with Green Bay. They're not going to make a change from Hundley. Regardless of what happened today, the bad numbers that he put up, I know they were able to run the ball pretty well. Hundley only 87 yards passing, 3.5 yards per attempt. They're going to stick with him, aren't they? If they do, they may finish in last place. They may finish behind the Bears when it's all said and done, but Minnesota and Detroit will finish ahead of them. With Hunley, uh, I just don't expect them to do much of anything. They'll have given up on the entire year. They must go out and get themselves another quarterback. I think they're being stubborn, or I think they realize that Hunley's not going to cut it. They have to find somebody else, Chris. Uh, Arizona and Drew Stanton, listen to these numbers. Not only did Arizona get beat 33-0, to zero, but Drew Stanton was 5 of 14 for 62 yards yeah, yeah. And, and a pick. Yeah. Uh, and there's no way you can go with that. And, and then there is just, I don't know if a quarterback is even going to help Indianapolis right now, but Jacoby Brissett was sacked 10 <sighs> times. 10. I get it, Saxonville. This is record-setting what you guys are doing. <laughs> But 10 times in one football game? That's not an issue where you can sit here and complain about the quarterback. That's that's an over, a, overall systematic issue right now in Indy right now. Jacoby Brissett's actually a pretty decent quarterback. You know, I've seen a lot of him out here uh, with the Patriots, obviously, especially when it comes to preseason. Do you know that Tom Brady actually likes Jacoby Brissett and I believe work out with him in the offseason? So, uh, yeah, you can't blame him. That's offensive line problems. We know that. We know what's going on there with Andrew Luck, so I'm not going to blame 
Jacoby Brissett on that. There's no way I'll, I'll put the blame on him. As for Arizona, uh, yeah, you've got to go ahead and do something about that. I mean, Palmer's going to be out with a broken arm. I mean, he may not even return this year. So uh, I, I've got to go ahead and make a change and keep the season going and try to make a, a successful season out of this instead of it. Next thing you know, they lose one game and they the season might be over. They're at, what, a 3-4 and four right now, so they can't afford to have a, a loss and drop a couple games out. Yeah, I mean, everyone's got to feel like he got a chance. I mean, you brought it up. Every team in the league, if the Eagles lose tomorrow night, is going to have, at the very least, two Two, losses. And we're only seven weeks into the season. Everyone has to feel like you have a chance. All right, let's uh, talk about a team that I think through the first couple of weeks we thought looked dominating. Now they've dipped a bit. Scott in L.A. wants to talk about the, I assume, Carolina Panthers. What's going on, Scott? Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Ron Rivera, these calls, they're driving the ball in the first uh, drive of the game, looking good, and he calls like a lateral. Like, why would you have a lateral in the NFL? The ball is now live, and if someone drops it, you turn the ball over. It should not even be in anyone's playbook. Like, don't lateral the ball. Don't throw the ball backwards. Backwards <laughs> passes are just idiotic. And the whole tone of the game, right from that first drive, basically the game was over. No, no, just, no, wait a minute, though. Wait a minute. I mean, look, yes, a couple questionable calls, but one or two questionable calls, not the reason why you only scored three points. Let's be honest. There's there's a lot more problems there than, than a couple questionable calls when you only hang up three points against the Bears. It's not a questionable call. It's a, it's a bad play calling, okay? <laughs> why would you ever lateral the ball or – do a backwards pass. It's idiotic. Anyone. Forget Ron Rivera. But anyone doing it, and you see it every week in college, and you see it in the pros, and just it's just a bad play because you are vulnerable to a turnover. Why put yourself in that position? You throw a forward pass. Someone drops it. Okay, you get another – up to the next down. You drop a backwards pass or you fumble it, and the other team gets the ball – is no, that, that, that's not even – all right, look, that's I appreciate the call. The call. All right, thank you very much. No, it's not even that simple, Chris. First of all, if you, if you want to go ahead and give, you know, give numbers and statistics, if you pass the ball, more than just a couple of things could be go wrong. One, it could be intercepted. Uh, two, your quarterback could be sacked and hurt on, on a play like that. Three, you have a better chance of there being a, a foul on a holding call uh, on the offensive line. So there's like three or four things that can go wrong. I mean, why don't you just run the ball if you want to be safe all the time? I – and by the way, those plays are in everybody's playbook. Yes. I, I do question sometimes those backward passes, but they're in everybody's playbook. And that's not the reason they only had three uh, calls, uh, three points. Uh, you could run the ball 100% of the time and still be able to put up more th- than three points than they had. That was a disgusting performance, though. I should give the Bears some credit for that. I had to laugh, though, because that dude really did not like the lateral. Or he didn't no, like he wanted second. to make that possible. Holy. He wanted to make that make that point uh, across there, Chris. You know, here, here's one thing I will bring up, and you hit it on the head, Arnie. You can yell at Ron Rivera all you want, but that's your offensive coordinator. That's Mike Shula. That's a guy that's been there for, what, seven years now. So I think he's got a pretty good handle on the game. Do we have a situation? You see it in college. It happens a lot in the pros now. It, it happened with the Raiders for the first six weeks of the season where you have people try to get too cute. Uh, try to get a little bit too fancy. Yeah, of course, but everyone's looking for an edge. Everyone's looking for something to give them an advantage, and they thought they could get Ted Ginn around the corner. 
Now, listen, we're not getting carried away about that one play. Arnie, you're right. This is a deeper issue than just one damn play call in yeah, Carolina and be careful right now. What, and be careful what you say because the coaches are answering the fans back. We have a lot of stories to get to, like the double bird Tennessee player, like Jimbo Fisher answering some of the fans, like Kyrie getting fined answering some of the fans. Chris, boy, you, I've never seen so many athletes and coaches talk back to the fans like this. Well, and I get it to a certain extent because everyone's a troll anymore, <laughs> all right? I'm, that used to be just us in sports talk, that's I mean, true, in sports that's talk true. radio. And then if they wanted to get mad at us, they'd pick up the phone and call us. But, I mean, anymore now, you can, you can be as big of an a-hole as you want from any, <laughs> from, from any walk of life. Snapchat, uh, Twitter, Facebook, whichever direction you want to go. So I don't blame him, man. I'd reach my wits in. But I, I do have a new favorite thing in the world. I love subtweeting. Have you subtweeted anyone, Arnie? It's great. It got the Phoenix Suns head coach fired. Apparently, they're subtweeting like crazy right now with Tampa Bay Buccaneer players. LeBron was subtweeting. This is the greatest thing ever, where you say something about somebody, and you don't really directly say it, but everybody knows who you're talking about. This is great, man. Boy, huh? Huh? sports in 2017, man. It's the greatest thing ever. Maybe they should just double bird the fans, and they'd feel a little bit better <laughs> about it. Uh, here's here's one thing that I will say before we get back to the phones uh, at eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. Oh oh, we have an update, Arnie. Neither James White nor Dion Lewis will be able to join us tonight. Oh. Uh, our man on the ground at Gillette Stadium was busting it, trying to make it happen, and then lo and behold, it just didn't. Is he okay, Eric? Is everything? Yeah, no. Fine he's, with he him? had to he had to do some stuff in the in the Falcons locker room first, so he missed uh, uh, Dion and Mike before. Well, why doesn't he just give the phone to Steve Sarkeesian so I can ask him why he doesn't go back to college where he actually had somewhat of a grip on things? Did you realize? I saw this stat earlier tonight. Do you know how many times Steve Sarkeesian had called a play in a game since, what, 2014, whenever he was hired by the Atlanta Falcons? Did you know it was once? It was one game. It was the national championship game. Get out of here. Yeah, because he had, remember, he called plays at, at USC, but he had been on a bit of a hiatus because he had his issue when he got fired there. He was quality control at Alabama, which isn't calling plays. You're working on game plans. And usually I would imagine with him being an offensive coach, he was probably working on defensive film. So he had not called a game as an offensive coordinator or the only game he had called was that national championship game in which Alabama lost to Clemson. And then boom, he's calling plays for the defending Super Bowl runner-ups. So... A little bit of a tough one there for Atlanta tonight as they fall. So no trip to Boston, but when we come back, we'll take a trip around what caught our eye in Week 7. We call it crown them or crush them. It's our little spin on what we're buying or selling, best in work, game balls, penalty flags, whatever hacky way you kind of coin your hacky bit. We'll add to it coming up next with Arnie Spanier. I'm Chris Plank. We're getting after it here on a busy Sunday night on a Fox Football Sunday. Some good tweets rolling in tonight. I've, I've not been good on keeping up with Twitter. No, you it's have odd. not. It's odd, too, because I legit live on Twitter. <laughs> I do. The, did I tell you what I did differently this week, Arnie? What? Is during the – this started on – let's see, the, the Dodgers clinched on what, Thursday night? So this started on Wednesday night. When I was watching the Dodgers-Cubs game, I realized how angry Cub fan makes me because there isn't a needier fan base – and a group of fans that tear down the goalpost at the end of the first quarter than Cubs fans. I understand my analogies don't work with baseball compared to football, but 99% of you get it. So uh, I just got off Twitter. 
And you know how enjoyable it made the game? It was great. Oh, I stop had, it. I had So you know what I did? I watched not just that amazing Raiders-Chiefs game. I watched the Dodgers-Cubs game on Thursday night. I watched all my – and I didn't get on Twitter. And you know what it was, Arnie? It was amazing. It's okay because then when you get on after the game, you can look through and be like, oh, look at that dummy. Felt like that this should have been done or that – Derek Carr sucked, whatever. So I've, I've gone away from Twitter during live sporting events. Now, every other second of my life, including meals, uh, showers, just about anything else, I'm living on Twitter. But no more during games, Arnie. No more. By, how by the way, did, did you get teary-eyed when the Dodgers clinched the uh, World Series uh, okay, uh, spot so there? It was very unique for me because uh, <laughs> I wish I had video. And I don't know, Ramos, how you celebrated but when Kike, Kiki, Kike, when Hernandez went yard, I lost it. When he the second time, when he when he hit the grand slam, <laughs> I legit lost because at that point I knew you're not going to beat Clayton Kershaw with a seven run lead. It's not happening. So for me, it was kind of anticlimactic. So I had that moment whenever they had the uh, grand slam home run. That was my moment, Arnie. Uh, now was there some paranoia every now and then where I thought, oh, this could get close? Uh, actually, no, there wasn't. Uh, that paranoia was all saved for the Raiders Chiefs game. But yeah, it was <laughs> it was re- I mean, think about it. I was I was a lifelong Dodger fan, landlocked in Cardinal Country. And I was in grade school during eighty four and eighty five whenever, you know, we had the cards right when they right where we wanted them when Jack Clark took that cheap shot at Mike Sosha and Tom Needenfeer decided to put a ball on a team Smith did it out. There you go. Yeah, you know, all these great moments that stay with you for a while. Matt Stairs hitting bombs for the Phillies. So all these moments of the past were kind of washed away. So I'll tell you what, I'm excited for the pitching matchups. We got those at least for game one today. Kershaw and Keuchel. Oh, that's going to be great. Rich Hill in game two, you Darvish in game three, and the Dodgers will give Alex Wood the game four Would you listen to the Homer channel, by the way, if it was like four or five Dodgers calling the action? You know, like if it was uh, Say and uh, Russell, Lopes, Garvey, Jaeger, you know, got the, got the whole crew together, you know. I heard you talking about that last yeah. night, kind of like they would do on TNT. Yeah, 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 have, yeah, yeah. If, if they have the Final Four or what uh, they, they've done a couple of times, I think, with the Supercast where you have like a homer. Yeah, I would. But, see, I would want to handpick Dodgers that mattered to me. Oh. Like, for instance, I would want Jose Offerman. Uh, what? Greg Brock. <laughs> Offerman. <laughs> Jeff Hamilton. Uh, maybe a Mike Marshall in there and a Juan Bell. If necessary, Mike These Marshall, the, the pitcher or the first baseman? Uh, Mike Marshall, the first baseman who was the supposed one that dated to be the Belinda Carlisle. Did he? See, I didn't know this. I yeah, thought Steve the... Sachs dated Belinda Carlisle. I thought, I wait, wait, I, am I wrong about that? Someone tell me if I'm wrong. I don't want to spread rumors allegedly. You're correct, the right fielder, yes. There you go. See, Sager knows. The Sager Look at knows. the Sager. Look at him. All right. Look at it him. Go, time. go. You TMZ <laughs> before TMZ. Well, that's they, they would call it the Sager instead of TMZ. It's amazing. You trademark. Uh, all right, it's time to crown him or crush him in week seven of the NFL. Let's get after it, shall we? It's done. It's done. The games are done. It ain't over until it's over. Now it's time to crown him or crush him. All right, Arnie, we're going to start crown him or crush him tonight, going back to Thursday night. And we all know that the Raiders reign supreme, so we don't have to talk about the game per se. Uh, but let's talk about the moment, if you will. Arnie, crown him or crush him. The Marshawn Lynch experience has been a disaster so far for the Raiders. Just move on without him. Crown it or crush it? 
crush it, and I'm happy to tell you I knew this from day one. I tried to tell you, and you tried to force it down my throat like that apricot baby sauce that you're feeding a two-year-old or a one-year-old, and it wasn't working. I told you it was going to be a disaster from day one. That's what it is. The guy gets thrown out of the game. What does he do? He goes up into the stands and hangs with the crowd. The guy just doesn't get it or just doesn't care or both. And I'm guessing it's both. It's been a disaster. Crush it. The guy really needs to go, but I doubt they're going to go that far in this. Just crush this thing already, would you please? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because... Jay Glazer reported today that Marcus Peters is actually going to speak on behalf of Marshawn Lynch at his appeal. I don't want to say trial, but his appeal hearing. I mean, what is going just what is going on here? I get it. I love my family, but I mean, business is business, right? One guy plays for the Chiefs, one guy plays for the Raiders. I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I, I don't even know what's going. I never understand what's. Uh, Going out with Marshawn Lynch from from game to game, what that guy is dealing with. I love the article that Marcus Thompson wrote. I believe it was for The Athletic, where he brought up that, hey, this is what you signed up for. This is part of the Marshawn Lynch uh, experience, and the Raiders are getting that full bore now. They'll play Sunday against Buffalo, which gets us to our next crown of our crush of Arnie, even after the Patriots win tonight, 5-2, and 4-2, Four and two. Those are the top three teams in the AFC East with the Patriots, Bills, and Dolphins separated by a half game. Crown them or crush them, which means crown them means you're buying it. Crush them, you're not. Someone other than the Patriots is going to win the East. I still say crown them. I still say that because, yeah, one, you're still the worst defensive team in the NFL. And the fact that you did uh, held the Patriots to what you did today with the seven points, not going to fool me because we saw the problems when they went up against the Miami Dolphins at home. And we know that the Falcons are having problems. Buffalo is a damn good defensive team. They'll give the Patriots fits. If the Dolphins write their quarterback problems, they'll give the Patriots fits. Uh, I'm not going to say that I'm ready to make the Patriots the, the, the winners of the AFCs just yet. So I'm going to say crush them. I, I still think it's wide open. Raiders-Bills next week in Buffalo. That should be a fun one. Buffalo looking to end their 17-year playoff drought. Bills yep. uh, haven't, uh, haven't won the division title since 1995. I feel, I, feel, I, I know, Eric. I know, Eric. Uh, I feel like this is a reoccurring partic- participant. In the crown them or crush them segment, Arnie, are we crowning or crushing the Jacksonville Jaguars? I can't figure out. Is this team for real? Of course they're. I mean, what, what are they like, Saxonville? Are you going to tell me they're not going to be for real? What are you kidding me? I never imagined that their defense is this good. Plus, they're off to a four and three start. Plus, we know that the Indianapolis Colts aren't going anywhere, so yeah. it's really going to be a three-team race. And I got to tell you, Tennessee has been disappointing, even though it looks like they're back on track with a couple wins in a row. I think it's going to come down to the uh, to the end there. I'm going to crowd them. I think Jacksonville has just as good a shot as anybody else in that division, especially with the defense that, and by the way, in points against, they give up less points by far than anybody else in that division. And well, you know what they say about defenses? Defenses win you Super Bowls. Well, they're not going to win a Super Bowl for Jacksonville. Maybe good enough to win the AFC South. Who would have thought that six weeks, seven weeks after uh, Monday Night Football, into the season, that the two teams with the largest point differential would be the Rams 
and the Jaguars. Rams plus 74, Jaguars plus 73. All right, in the uh, crosshairs, when we come back, we'll talk Buccaneers. We've got a little update on the Cardinals, and we'll crown them or crush them as to who's going to be the guy the rest of the way for the Green Bay Packers. But as we hit pause, we got to get caught up on everything because that's what we do around here. So from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, the great Steve DeSager slides right in. Steve. Good evening once again at New England, a foggy second half. And, yes, the Falcons are in a fog, having lost three straight. Oh, look at you. 23-7 New England, the <laughs> final. Tom Brady, 21 of 29, passing 249 yards. He threw two TD passes in the second quarter. Hey, I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt. What would, has there ever been, like, a baseball game like that? Can you play baseball in that type of weather? Boy, that would be dangerous. <laughs> if you can't eat. Well, see, this is, you can see as a player, this is not quite like that Eagles-Bears playoff right, game in the right, late right. 80s was, where you really couldn't see a ball thrown in the air. This, when they got that camera on the pulleys down field level tonight, you could see the game. The announcers at the press box certainly couldn't. But the players could. I'd like to see him play baseball like this. That'd be fun. Well, it's kind of like, why do they take rain delays in baseball? It's because someone's throwing a baseball 95-plus miles an uh, hour. raining, and, yeah. Yeah, so. exactly. It's Weather affects baseball a little more than football. Remember that U.S. soccer game with the all-snow? It was so white you couldn't see the yes, lines yes. with the World Cup qualifier? Uh, yes, other sports can that's go a, through that's that. That's it a lot for us now, I see. Uh, yeah, Fox is getting the World <laughs> Cup next summer. <laughs> And suddenly Mexico's going to be a home team on the broadcast. I don't wow. know what bothers me more. Dallas, a 40-10 to 10 win at San Francisco today. Dak Prescott, three touchdown passes and a short TD run. The Cowboys finished with over 500 yards of offense. Seattle got three touchdown passes in the second half from Russell Wilson in a win at the Giants, 24-7. to 7. The Seahawks were down 7-3 at the half, but Wilson finished with 334 yards through the air. The Giants now 1-6. and six. Cleveland is 0-7 after losing an overtime at home 12-9 to Tennessee. Pittsburgh beat Cincinnati 29-14. That was tied 14 all late first half. Andy Dalton had two touchdown passes then. Ben Roethlisberger had two. The Chargers sent Denver to its first shutout loss since 1992, 21-0. Three straight wins for the L.A. Chargers. Travis Benjamin scored on an early punt return and a late TD reception. Each team punted eight times. World Series media day tomorrow in L.A. Martin Truex Jr., the NASCAR winner at Kansas, his seventh victory of the season. Kyle Larson failed to advance to the round of eight in the NASCAR playoffs after finishing 39th today in a 40-car field. Jimmy Johnson did advance. And Justin Thomas took the golf event in South Korea on the second playoff hole over Mark Leishman. And yes, that late Laker game, they did rally to take the lead, but New Orleans beat him in L.A. 119-112, rookie Lonzo Ball of the Lakers. 13 assists, but 3 of 13 shooting from the floor. Which means currently the Lakers are tied with the Warriors at 1 and 2, I imagine. <laughs> it's kind of how it will stay. How about so that, Artie? Lakers and Warriors season. tied in the standings. Did, did, did uh, Steve Kerr call in on the Steve Kerr hotline? Did anybody check that, by the way? I just no, want to make sure. I think sure we're good. I think we're good so far. As a matter of fact, yeah. you can see that uh, preseason favorites Denver, uh, Los Angeles, and Oklahoma City all there at 1 and 2 so far this season. Yikes. So uh, stop the season. And the uh, Warriors would be on the outside looking at. I, I keep waiting for someone to say that. Do you know if the season ended now, the Warriors would miss the playoffs? I told you, I, I don't think my New York Knicks will win a game this year. Well, uh, here's the good news. They might not be alone. Well, someone when the Knicks and Bulls play has to win. There's one. And they do play the Suns at some point this year. So someone in one of those three games has to win, Arnie. 
I would like to play against the Phoenix Suns. I think I could do well against them. I think that would have been a a good game for me to play in. Did I tell you when we left? I haven't told you guys this yet. When we left for Manhattan yesterday, as we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. When we left for Manhattan on Friday, the Thunder were leaving out of the same area that we were. So we, uh, we, we started to walk. A uh, buddy of mine, former former linebacker for the Lions, Teddy Lehman, who's on the broadcast with us, we started walking towards the wrong plane. And we when we looked next to us, Carmelo Anthony was walking right next to us. Carmelo! Yeah, he kind of laughed. And we are like, ugh, like, you want to go with us to Manhattan? <laughs> and he kind of laughed a little bit. And it was cool. It was cool. Just Did you get me an autograph? I was uh, I was thinking about it. Arnie. Yeah, I was thinking about it, but I I realized all these nasty things you said about him. Wow! That I have to realize that you have to now baptize yourself in Carmelo, Oklahoma City Thunder Mellow, in but, order for you to be able. By to By the way, I don't know him. if you know this, Paul Westfall, the former Phoenix Sun and uh, New York Nick at one time came to my wedding and for a wedding gift. He gave me a autographed New York Knicks basketball signed by the team and Patrick Ewing and everybody. Well, look at you. Look yeah. at you going cool whip on my stuff. Yeah, look at me dropping names. I'm so cool. That. Arnie's like, listen, I've seen some better things than you. All right, Cronomer Crush, yeah. let's wrap this up as yeah. uh, we roll on here on a Fox Football Sunday. Uh, by the way, is Sager coming up to go in-depth on everything? That's kind of a little taste. He's coming up in 10 minutes from now. Uh, all right, Cronomer Crush, Ben McAdoo, who I almost just called Bob McAdoo, Oh, that, oh, we've done, I've done that a hundred times. Is not going to make it through the season. Oh, he's going to make it through the season. It's already over. Why did things change because they happened to win in Denver uh, on, on the road? And now we know that Denver's uh, hot garbage anyway. No, he'll make it through the season. That's not what the Giants do. They're not quick on the trigger. Uh, they'll reassess things. Probably uh, they already know that they're not going to bring him back, but uh, they're not going to get rid of him in the middle of the year. That, that's not going to happen, Chris. All right, Crown of McCresham then, most likely place in the NFL right now to have a mid-year change. Uh, You kind of shot down the Giants. But could Tampa Bay be one of those areas? You have players fighting on Twitter. I I, I don't use the winless teams right now because I I think Hugh Jackson's going to get the season. I think Kyle – I know Kyle Shanahan's going to get the season. I know Bruce Arians is going to get the season. But I start looking around the league, Arnie, I think maybe Tampa – uh, if things continue to go south for Indianapolis, maybe in Indy, crown them or crush them, or maybe Cincinnati as a place where things go south where we could see a midseason coaching change. Well, with Cincinnati, I mean, if they hadn't gotten rid of Marv Lewis up till now, I certainly don't think they're going to go ahead and do it uh, in season. So I, I don't see that happening. You mentioned Tampa Bay. I mean, they're only two away from the Saints. Not like they're going to make a run at the division, but I'm, I'm not going to make a move while I'm only a couple of games out and – uh, you know, losing three in a row and still have a chance to, you know, right the ship. So it doesn't do you any good to make a midseason change now. Everybody will pretty much stick with what they've got, and they'll reassess at the end of the year. All right, Arnie, two more quick ones. Crown them or crush them after a big day today from Ezekiel Elliott when he finished with 147 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Also, he was a team's leading receiver with a catch for 72 yards. Good fantasy day in those PPR leagues for Ezekiel Elliott. Crown him or crush him. Ezekiel Elliott's playing this whole season suspension-free. 
he is going to play the whole season suspension free. Crown him. I, I believe that's going to happen. I look. I'm not a lawyer. I just slept at a Holiday Inn Express, so I I can only give you my uh, you know thoughts from that. But the way they're fighting this and the way they're going to keep overturning it, I thought he was actually going to miss this game until it got overturned again. Now I think the wheels of justice is going to slow it out a little bit. I think he's going to make it during the course of the year. They're going to pick this up starting next year with the suspension. All right, final one. We're heading to Saturdays, a little college football. Arnie, crown him or crush him. Notre Dame's playing in the Final Four. Crown him. Notre Dame is playing in the Final Four. I don't believe that they'll even come. They'll go ahead and boat race NC State, the only two tough games they have. I believe off the top of my head on the road at Miami and on the road against Stanford. Um, they do have a game against Wake Forest, and I can't remember the fifth game off the top of my head. They win all five. They're favorite in all five except the Miami game, and that's going to be close to a pickup. And Miami doesn't impress me anyway. Uh, so, yeah, and that Syracuse game, Syracuse made a big mistake by kicking a field goal when it was 2016 instead of yeah. going for the first down. Uh, I'm not impressed with Miami. Yes, Notre Dame wins out. They're going to the 14 playoff. NC, uh, NC State, Wake Forest, Miami, Navy, and Stanford. Navy, the final Navy, five yes, games. Navy, yes. uh, you know, I, I was looking at this, and I was thinking of a, of a potential conspiracy theory, because you know me. I kind of love overanalyzing college football rankings. If Alabama and Georgia yeah. play each other in the SEC championship game and both are undefeated, both finish the season at 12-0, and 0, I mean, is there a chance that whoever loses might still end up getting in? Oh, absolutely. If, especially if two SEC teams. Especially if it's Alabama. Why, you don't think a one-loss Alabama team gets in over any other one-loss team just because it was in the SEC championship? Of course they do. Why Why would you think that was a possibility? Who gets in over Alabama if they both have one loss? Uh, well, again, there's a lot that has to happen around them. I don't think a one-loss team is going to get in, say, for an, an undefeated. If, if Penn State's undefeated, they're going to get in, right? Boy, what a dilemma you could have. If uh, And that's a big one next week. Penn State and Ohio State next weekend. I mean, you talk about maybe one of the biggest games of the year. Uh, but let's say uh, let's say TCU keeps rolling oh. and goes to the Big 12 undefeated, Arnie. 13-0 would have beaten either an Oklahoma or an Oklahoma State twice. Uh, what, what if Wisconsin keeps rolling and stays undefeated so far this season? Now, again... They don't play Penn State during the regular season. They wouldn't play them until the championship game. Suddenly, right. Michigan is incredibly vulnerable. I hate playing these games early, but it's fun because it's part of what the 14 playoff has done to college football. Wisconsin does have Michigan, but now we know Michigan not even in the top 25. Wisconsin's pretty much already won the Big Ten West. So uh, other than Michigan State coming out of the East, if it's Penn State or Ohio State, uh, either one of those two teams will boat race Wisconsin in the, uh, in the Big Ten championship. I think you're looking at about 10 teams, maybe 11, that feel like they control their own destiny to potentially play, play in the national championship. But we'll see how it all thins out. That's Crowder McCrushin for another week of the National Football League and a little college football. And we notice we left out baseball. We hit baseball in the head, by the way. From last week, because last week's crown him or crush him was whether or not we'd be talking about a potential Game 7 in the National League Championship Series tonight. You called it. You did call the Dodgers sweep, though. I, I wanted to see the Dodgers-Yankees. I thought, you know, to mm. me, 
uh, that has more historic value for me. I would have been more into it. I'm a Met fan, so I, you know, I don't have a, a dog in the race here. But I, I would have liked to seen that one, though. I think the Astros are just a fun team to watch, and they've got the pitching and obviously the pickup of Verlander. Uh, the money it must have cost the Astros astronomical because he's he's making all the money in the world. It seems like so. Uh, good move by picking him up. When we come back to the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, a little controversy in the Boston area after the Patriots-Falcons game tonight. We'll give you the details next. He's Arnie Spanier. I'm Chris Plank. Steve DeSager sliding in as well on a Fox football Sunday. Great news. There's a quick and easy way you could save money. All you have to do is switch to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more on car insurance with Arnie Spanier. I am Chris Plank. Todd Furman coming up next hour, plus Arnie's picks before we get out of here. He's been on fire so far. Why did you take a selfie with Carmelo? I was trying to not be fanboy. Be fanboy, that's okay. Trying to to play it cool, you know, walking out to the – I mean, it's kind of a cool moment anyway because you do walk out on the tarmac to get on your plane, but I want to be like, hey, Melo, what's up? Picture. Steve DeSager slides in. I'll always selfie with Steve DeSager if necessary. (laughs) Uh, so we've hit on a lot tonight, but I'm sure there are some underlying notes and news and tidbits from yes. the NFL today that we need to get into. We do have, and by the way, the Monday game is Philadelphia hosting Washington Eagles 5-1. and one. They've won four straight games. There oh. are tidbits such as kicker for the Titans, Ryan Suckup, making his fourth field goal of the game. It was the overtime 47-yarder to beat Cleveland 12-9, came with under two minutes left in OT. That extends his NFL record, makes inside 50. 55 straight field goals wow, he's made actually. inside 50. That is wow. ridiculous. That's and did you see the Bears rookie with the long returns? Eddie Jackson, first player in NFL history with multiple defensive touchdowns of 75 yards or more same game. He ran back a fumble recovery, 75, returned an interception, 76. We mentioned the Bears game earlier. They had no offense and still won 17-3 to against Carolina. Mitch Trubisky completed four passes and was sacked he four times. Horrible. And Jeez. they won by two touchdowns because of these two defensive He's touchdowns. deer in the headlights, that guy. I can't believe it. Oh, this guy's going to be good. Watch out. We have to trade up get this kid. Shut up. Well, remember think, how I Jared think... Goff looked last year, his first oh, year? Yeah. I don't care. They weren't That's a real team happening. last year. Well, it's interesting, too, because you mentioned on Jackson, this is like, what, the, the one-year, two-year anniversary from when he broke his leg? Exactly. Yeah, uh, one uh, year, uh, I think. Almost yeah. on the date, right? Yeah. yeah, almost on the date. Cool story from the Bears game. Alabama. Today. Buffalo, Stephen Hauschka tied an NFL record making 12 straight field goals from 50 yards or longer. He hit a 52-yarder in the close win over Tampa Bay. Hauschka has not missed an attempt beyond 50 in three years. Larry Fitzgerald has now caught a pass in the NFL in 40 different stadiums. They were playing in London today at Twickenham Stadium. 40 different He's stadiums. No Harold with a Carmichael. Catch. Yeah, yeah, I wonder. Of course, they didn't travel around back then. He probably didn't have 40 stadiums worth of yeah. catches. Drew Brees, fourth player in NFL history now with 500 touchdown passes, if you include the playoff wow. games. He joins Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, Tom Brady. And then there was the nine field goal game with Minnesota and Baltimore. Kai Forbath, six. Justin Tucker had three. Vikings win was 24 to 16 on the scoreboard but the nine combined field goals ties an NFL record most in a game 
and it was a 9-for-9 nine nine on field goals, by the way. <laughs> the ratings are out from last night, and in fact, for the complete ALCS that went the full seven, Astros beating the Yankees, the series averaged 6.5 million viewers, which is almost double what the ALCS wow. got on cable last year. And Game 7 last night got about 10 million viewers, Ten and a half mil, if you include the Fox Sports Go app and any Fox Deportes viewers, and this was opposite three network college football telecasts. Now Fox TV had, if you can believe it, Kansas football on national TV Saturday night. Yes. You know how there's counter programming where your rival right. network will put a good show up against your show at the same time. I think this yeah. is counter counter programming. They wanted everyone to watch FS1 with the baseball, so they put Kansas football on Fox TV opposite. And, and by the way, Kansas had the least amount of yards in like FBS history in like 20 years or something. They finished with four first downs and 11 punts last night. <laughs> they had 21 yards of offense, three yards in the first half while. TCU had about 300 yards. Oh. Kansas has now lost 44 straight road games. That's nine years losing every single true road game. And last night it was 43 nothing at TCU. They should play in the Ivy League. Wow. So, so while the baseball got 10.5 million viewers, the Kansas football game got less than 1.5 million on Fox last night. That's, that's more than I thought would watch. Shockingly, SC Notre Dame was NBC primetime. That got under 2.5 million viewers last wow. night. The Penn State win over Michigan got over 6.5 million. Tomorrow, By the way, Doug Meacham, the, the uh, offensive coordinator for Kansas, left TCU to go to Kansas. So think about that. Ouch. Let that one simmer for a little bit. Sorry, Steve. Go Welcome. ahead. Welcome. <laughs> Do they still have a football program at Kansas? We're still wondering that after Not last night. Good. Tomorrow is media day at Dodger Stadium. High temperature tomorrow in L.A., 100 degrees. Oh, wow. High temperature on Tuesday, 100 degrees. It'll still be in the 90s Tuesday night I'm at first back. pitch for the World Series. <laughs> Clayton Kershaw is going to pitch Game 1, then Rich Hill against Justin Verlander in Game 2 Wednesday night. And by the way, I have read that it's $20 million salary that Houston's picking up the next couple of years, and the other $8 million each year is what Detroit has to pick up after the trade. And by the way, a ton of college football games this Saturday in the late afternoon right before World Series game number four. That includes Fox's Penn State, Ohio State, and there's UCLA, Washington, the Georgia game. All of these games, Notre Dame as well, those are all 3.30 Eastern games before the World Series this Saturday. Yeah, we get we get primetime for you for Oklahoma and Texas Tech. Great stuff, Steve DeSager. When we come back next hour, Todd Furman joins us from Vegas and much more from Week 7 of the National Football League, including trying to figure out is there a site now suddenly that's a perfect fit for Colin Kaepernick? It's Arnie. We have so much to get to, we might need another hour. Call Ben. Call oh, ben, Eddie. Tell him. We need another hour. As we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Todd Furman coming up in exactly 15 minutes from now. But between now and then, I have just absolutely ignored Twitter. We'll hit that. Uh, there is injury news to get to. Malik Hooker is out for the year, so a tough injury for the Indianapolis Colts, as if things were looking good there anyway. And, Arnie, I guess the biggest injury is another quarterback, another week, another quarterback. Carson Palmer, not only is his, is his season over, but you start wondering if maybe this is the end of Carson Palmer's career. Ooh, ooh. 
Uh, and I was thinking about that also. You know, Chris, also when I told you, why did you take a selfie with Carmelo Anthony? That, right. That reminded me of a story when I was a kid. We had just moved from New York to Los Angeles. And I, I was in West Los Angeles, and I saw a tall guy. And I go, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Mr. Jabbar, can I have your autograph? And he wouldn't turn around, and he just kept walking. And I would follow him, and I followed him like a couple of bucks. I go, come on, Mr. Jamar, come on. Give me your autograph. And the guy turns around, finally gives me his autograph. And I thanked him, and I look at the piece of paper, and I go, Julius Irving, who the hell are you? And I remember throwing the piece of paper on the ground. <laughs> Should have kept that one. Yeah, that might have been hey, that'd be a good you one know What, have, what am huh? I talking about? You would have lost out on a bet by now. You probably would have put it on the Michigan Wolverines to end up in the final four so yeah, far. Yeah. Hey, so are you going to roll with Matt Moore in Miami now for a couple of weeks? Or what direction do you think Adam Gase goes here? I think they'll. I think they'll go with Matt Moore. But what, does that mean you have to have a backup though? Or are you just going to go ahead and sign uh, somebody to go ahead and be his backup? And I think you have to give him the chance now, considering he went two and one at the end of last year, got the Dolphins into the playoffs, had 188 yards passing, which yep. I think was uh, more than any quarterback had the first time they played the Jets. I mean, it was disgusting. Uh, plus that, who they played in the London game, they had a horrible offense also. So. Uh, yeah, I've got to give Matt Moore the chance and not really bring another starter in. He probably felt slighted that he didn't get the chance over Jay Cutler. Well, finally, he's going to get his chance now. All right, let's hit a couple of tweets then, shall we? Uh, and as always, you can jump in here at 877-99 on Fox. I know I know, Eric is uh, already preparing for that Bills playoff I, victory, so uh, he might way, be Chris, chilling back in studio. You know who's yes, the most Arnie. bitterest person in the world, don't you, right most now bitterest. in the NFL, don't you? Who Who is it? Well, it's it's going to be two people. All, All right. these NFL openings at quarterback, one's going to be Colin Kaepernick, but I'm not even sure he really wants to return at this point. And two, the other one's got to be Jimmy Garoppolo, who feels like this guy's never going to play waiting behind Tom Brady. Uh, he didn't want to go play in Cleveland. You know, is he just going to be franchise tagged or whatever? How many more years is he going to have to wait with the Patriots? Because right now he could play for about like a dozen teams and start and, and, and make the and make the team better. You know, every single NFL insider, it appears, has constantly said that there is no way that the Patriots are going to to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. But if you're sitting here, and Arnie, we're in, you know, I, I can't remember what the trade, what's the trade deadline? Week nine? Uh, in Madden, it's always usually like done by now. <laughs> <past Madden. week laughs> nah, I know this. I'm on, about, I'm on about my 80th franchise. But the point is, I, I mean, come on. There are going to be some desperate teams, man. Desperate Just teams like Minnesota right now was desperate when Teddy Bridgewater went down. Yeah, they went out and they gave up a first-round pick for Sam Bradford. I mean, I, I understand that maybe you feel like you have the next guy and you never know what the future is going to hold for uh, Tom Brady. And you don't have to cater to the guy uh, when we're talking Garoppolo because he's under contract. But, man, you would be thinking – well, and, and then even look at a place like San Francisco and Cleveland. I mean, I know they're winless. They're not going to the playoffs this year. But, Arnie, they've got to look around and realize – you know, this is great what we've done in amassing draft picks and uh, all all the Twitter draft experts tell us how great it is, how many draft picks we've gotten, and how many great defensive players and, and offensive playmakers we've brought in. But guess what? We're O for everything right now. Maybe they say it's time to give up some of those picks and what go about get Miami? our quarterback. Does Miami not need a quarterback if they don't want to bring Tannehill back and pay him the boatload of money? Uh, uh, what about Arizona? Could they use somebody like him? And now that we don't know what's going to go on with Carson Palmer, there's a lot of people that could use a quarterback. Like Everybody. That. 
Well, everybody right now, Green Bay could have, they could use a quarterback like that uh, in the short term. But I don't know. I guess I just don't get it when you're sitting in a situation where you have a, a piece that everyone wants and you have no plans to use it over the next couple of years. Get something back for it, right? I, I, and maybe I'm being short-sighted on this. Maybe there is a long-term plan for Jimmy Garoppolo, and I'm just not paying attention to it, Patriot fans. But, hey, I say go get what you can, especially when you have some hungry teams out there that are that are looking to spend some um, that, that are spending some assets, right? You need a quarterback in places that they feel like they have a good enough roster to where they can contend and it's just not happening. Go call Arizona. Why not, right? What's the worst that can happen? You say no to the deal. Exactly. See what people are offering out there. What was it, two first-round picks by Cleveland before the draft last year? Well, now the precedent has been set. See if you can get more than that. I, by the way, I don't believe that. I, I, don't, I don't believe that at all. Um, because in my humble opinion, I, think, I don't think Cleveland's smart enough to have offered two first-round picks for him because they've passed on so many quote-unquote good quarterbacks now, but they've passed on Carson Wentz. Uh, they pass on the opportunity this year to draft a, a handful of guys that have ended up looking like they're going to be okay. So I don't, I don't get it, Arnie. I don't get what they're doing at Cleveland at all. All right, let's hit up Twitter, shall we? At Plank Show, that's me. At Stinkin' Genius 1, S-T-I-N-K-I-N-Genius. This guy's giving me grief doing the show with you. I saw that. Uh, he said, what's Jim up, writes, Artie? You need a co-host? Can't carry a show by yourself anymore? In the past, you can carry a whole station. I am going to hit the like. We've been doing a show this, this is year five. You and I have been working together. <laughs> You're going to hit the like button on that. Uh, I, Arnie, supposed you, to hit the, I don't know. I hit the like, up, down. I don't know what, my, what I'm supposed to do on all you have You have the uh, solo act on Saturday nights. So, you know, we just get the band together on Sunday nights, and they kind of feel bad for me, so they allow me to hang out with Arnie for a little bit. Oh, this, uh, this guy goes, the fraud, this fraud, Arnie Spanier, is the flacco of sports radio, been stealing fat paychecks for years while being an underperforming staff. Well, Flacco has just, a Super Bowl, does he? Do, do I have to yeah. hit the like button or just, just the retweet on that? Ah, whichever one you want to go on. Go with both. That really okay. sends a there signal to him okay. if you hit both. Okay. Uh, here's one, a couple from Mike that says, As a lifelong Bears fan, memo to John Fox, let Trubisky roll out and throw the damn ball. <laughs> let the kid play. And then he added, Arnie, stop hating on Trubisky. At least he won't quit like Cutler. Ouch. Well, with Cutler... Okay, so he retired, but he didn't quit. Now he had a, a injury. What do you want from the guy for crying out loud? Yeah, and I think maybe that's looking back more to kind of the perception of him in Chicago. I never really viewed Jay Cutler as a quitter. I just I don't, and I love the guy. I love the guy. I just don't know if he was a very and know if he is a very good quarterback. Eddie hits us up. Prediction, guys. Colin Kaepernick's last game in the NFL was as a Niner in 2016. No, there I don't is a that. good chance think, though he could get hired by ESPN. I think he will. I think he'll play somewhere. I don't think that was his last game. I used to think it was. I no longer think that. I'm going back on that one. All right, so we've hit everything in backup quarterbacks except for one name. And at Cobra Man 428 very good, very good street, uh, screen name, John Cobra, wanted to make sure we didn't leave out the ultimate name, the penultimate moment in sports talk radio. Whenever you're out there fishing and you're desperate and you can't get anything going, you mentioned this one magical name and John tweeted at us with it. Brett Favre? Arnie, what kept Tebow out? Oh. He never did or said anything bad about anyone. Beat the Steelers in the playoffs. No real shot sh- uh, since. Well, I almost cussed. Easy no, there. Whoa. No real shot since. You kidding me? He had a chance with the Jets. He got signed to the Patriots. 
I, I know this is hard to accept for some. He just wasn't good enough. He, he was a great but college quarterback. But he's such a nice guy, Chris. He's such exactly, a nice guy. Exactly, exactly. And he can hit uh, a fastball. Sometimes. Sometimes. Bill right. writes. I'm sorry. That was, that was a little over the top. I apologize. Bill, uh, Bill writes, Cap is suing the NFL, so he is toxic waste at this point. Of course, that conversation about Kaepernick comes up whenever you look around the league and Arizona has an injury, and you know, you know that there's going to be those that are carrying the Kaepernick flag. The, uh, the Mike Freemans, the Mike Florios of the world are going to be constantly following this story because it's going to be huge. As to whether or not Kaepernick, Arnie, you said it earlier, does he even want to get a job at this point? Does he look at it now and say, whoa, I've got this suit going on. If someone comes and says they want to bring me in for a tryout, that kind of ruins the whole thing, doesn't it? Not only a tryout, are they going to sign me as a backup quarterback? Am I going to be the starter? Are they say I'm going to be the starter and pull me halfway through the first game and then I'm going to be back on the bench and then my lawsuit's irrelevant at that point? A lot of things to consider for him than just if I want to go ahead and come on back and play football. Uh, UCLA Dodger Frank hit us up. We're rolling through Twitter here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studio. Best tweets of the night. Uh, Arnie predicting the Dodgers to win the World Series, which probably means the Astros sweep, Arnie. It's not too late to change your mind. Dodgers in six. My Dodgers in six, and I like Kershaw uh, in the opening game. I'm looking I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about the World Series this year. I, again, I, I wish it would have been the Yankees-Dodgers, but a great story having the Astros in it. Certainly, uh, the, the city of Houston could use it, so it, it especially after what they've been through. So uh, it's good to be a good one. I'm just going to go with the Dodgers in six, though. Kershaw Keichel on Tuesday night in game one. You would imagine that Verlander gets the call in game two, but we'll see against Rich Hill. The Dodgers have announced you, Darvish. Well, I shouldn't say the Dodgers have announced, but uh, reports you, Darvish, in game three and Alex Wood in game four. By the way, if I'm correct and the Dodgers win it in six, that means, uh, let's see here, games three, four, and five, are, what, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I guess game six is Tuesday. The parade sometime on next, a week from Friday or Saturday, which means the Sager's going to want more time off. You watch and yeah. see there. To go to the parade, Chris, you can see that happening. Since you're in charge of that, you might want to yeah. go ahead and put that in your planner. I'm going to put uh, my foot down on that. No parade. You, it's one thing you want to go to the game. I'm not going to let you go to the parade. I'm putting my foot down on that. Two other quick ones here. This is uh, this is funny. Matt writes, the Packers should offer some legitimate trades for Alex Smith. I'm sure the Chiefs would love to free up some cap room. I'm sure the Chiefs want to trade their starting quarterback while they're in first place. I'm sure that's on their mind right now. I like Matt because Why don't you Matt's ask him a Chiefs for, fan. For Hunt, the, quarter, uh, the running back, too, while you're at it there. And, and I, don't know if, I don't know if he's tongue-in-cheek here or not, but that kind of shows you. When, I mean, we're, we're five games into the season, and we're talking Alex Smith for MVP. We're talking Chiefs Super Bowl bound. We're talking about a team that is built with the kind of playmakers that Andy Reid has always wanted, Arnie. They lose back-to-back games, and suddenly we're fielding trade offers from the Green Bay Packers, which, you know, I shouldn't be surprised by because if you go back and you look at what Chief fans were saying after the first half or maybe in the first quarter of the Patriots game, they were ready for Patrick Mahomes one quarter into the season. Uh, so far, though, so good. Uh, and, and then and Reed Vows for life, that poor sucker, huh? Well, I feel bad for him. Uh, <laughs> well, you put together a coaching firm for Tennessee, the Vols seem to not have anyone else that can. He says Vols say, – he, uh, let, me, let me translate this for you. Arnie, they want Butch Jones out they want you now to fix this problem for him. What direction do you go? Uh, Philip Fulmer? I, I don't know. 
boy, boy, the grass isn't always greener. I, I guess there's a few people to go after, uh, but it's going to be hard. It's just going to be another retread, right? I mean, there's not going to be anybody with, uh, you know, big names that are going to come in and just turn the program around right away. Or am I wrong on that, Chris? Well, I mean, everyone always – you have those guys now, and I, and, I, and I know we're up against it, Ramos, but you have these names that will constantly come up. Listen, Bob Stoops isn't taking the job. I was I'll just, just tell about you to that say right that, Dave. Yeah, no. It, it sounds cute. It sounds funny. Dude's digging retirement. He's not getting back into coaching. If anyone tells you they've heard, they're wrong. Those people that started the thing about, oh, my gosh, he followed Tennessee recruits. Bro, he hasn't been on Twitter since the moment he retired. He despised it. Bob Stoops isn't getting back into coaching. But a name that's interesting is a guy like Chip Kelly. And I think what you're going to see is about three or four places, Arnie, that are going to really try to go after him. And how about this? What if... You know, A&M suddenly ranked. I mean, remember after week one, we thought, oh, my gosh, worst loss ever for Texas A&M. They're ranked. What if Kevin Sumlin says, hey, bleep you guys. Is that someone that would be interesting? And and I know others have brought this up. What if they uh, make the phone call to Florida Atlantic and say, all right, Lane, it obviously it was going okay. You got left there, us. Though. Are you want, if, if Tennessee calls, do you, do you, do you answer the phone? Well, he answer the, the phone. He'll answer the phone if anybody calls. No doubt about there that. There you go. Why not? So I, I'm just real intrigued because he's done. I mean, Butch Jones is out. It's just a matter of if they let him finish the season or not. And is that a good vacancy? I think so. I, I think that's a good spot. Do they have antiquated a, an old-school stadium? Yeah, but they got pretty good facilities. So I think there's a chance they could be able to attract a bigger name than some think right now. Uh, all right, let's get a break in here. When we come back, Todd Furman joins us from Vegas. We'll talk odds on the coaching hot yes. seat next from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's Arnie and Plank on a Fox Football Sunday. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably... Should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago with Arnie Spanier. I'm Chris Plank. i got to be honest, Arnie. I was a little bit disappointed whenever I laid out my theory how you should go all 2016 USC with your 2017 Arizona Wildcats. You know, when everyone thought, well, Darnold didn't start the first few games, so they're a great team. You're you're not buying my theory that you should go with now that you found your quarterback. You're one of the best teams in the country. I, I all I look, I just want to win our half of the division. I just want to win the Pac-12. We're the only team in the Pac-12 never to have won uh, the division. So I mean, ah. it's been killing me all these years. Well, joining us right now on the Geico Fox Sports Celebrity Hotline is Todd Furman. He knows that. Yeah, he knows it's been tough for you. Bet the board, uh, bet the board uh, podcast. Great follow on Twitter at Todd Furman. So what have the, have the numbers looked a little bit better on the betting lines for Arizona now that they've figured out that Rich Rodriguez has his new Pat White out on the West Coast? Hold on, just one second, though, Arnie. We need to go with a little revisionist history. As uh-huh. I recall, Arizona won their half of the division and got their lunch served to them by Oregon, Oregon. in the Pac-12 championship about three years ago. Yes, that's true. But we had beat Oregon that year earlier too. Okay, I just want to check because they didn't win the division. They have been there before. We all like to block out painful memories of postseason games gone awry. So I understand where you're coming from. But hey. when you look when you look at Arizona now, guys, uh, you talk about what this Pac-12 South has become, and I think it's wide open. Arizona State over the weekend becomes the first team in college football this season to win three games outright as a double-digit underdog. Arizona holds on for dear life against Cal. 
still some major defensive shortcomings, but as you guys allude to, Khalil Tate every bit as good as advertised, but the Wildcats will need to get healthy. Depth not one of the things working in their favor. Is there a chance you think that the Pac-10 or Pac-12 now may be on the outside looking in if, if Washington's not their representative to go to the 14th playoff? They may not get one this year. Oh, I think it's uh, more or less a formality. I'll make them a long shot to try and get into the college football wow. playoff right now. Unless we see major chaos in the Big 12 and all those teams end up with multiple losses, I think when you look at the total body of work for the Pac-12, the fact that the team playing the best football in the league already has two losses in the form of Stanford definitely doesn't work in their favor. Uh, I think USC is about to hit major skids when you consider the fact that the only team that won't have a bye week all season and attrition has really taken its toll. And you, you look at Washington State's loss to Cal, I think that hurts their overall profile. What they'll need is Washington to run the table from here on out and look every bit the dominant part to remind people why they were included a season ago. You know, I, I get a little carried away, but I, I see about 13 teams that I guess hypothetically could control their own destiny right now. And one of those appears to be Notre Dame, Todd. Yep. What are the odds makers saying about Notre Dame over the final five games? Are they are they kind of a favorite right now to potentially slide into the final four after the dominating win over USC? I won't go a favorite, but you're exactly right talking about them controlling their own destiny. You look at their upcoming schedule. Home dates against NC State and Wake Forest next Saturday. They'll be right around a touchdown favorite, seven and a half kind of the consensus number right now. They'd go on the road to take on Miami on November 11th, have a game against Navy on November 18th, and then finish the season up in the farm uh, against Stanford on November 25th. So if they were to run the table there with those remaining five games, I think the Irish are definitely into the college football playoff because you could make the case that they would have the most compelling resume of any team in the country, including conference champions. Todd, just taking a look at the games for next week. Am I seeing this right? Ohio State opened up as a seven and a half point favorite already down to like six. Are you telling me you're going to give me Penn State and six and, or six and a half points and they're going to win the game outright? What are you, crazy? <laughs> this number has come down it actually would have been nine and a half, Arnie, if you Ooh. bet it going into last weekend before Penn State put together that dominant effort against Michigan. The one thing you have to worry about with the Nittany Lions is the same thing they had going for them last week against Michigan. Ohio State has going for them this week. An extra week to prepare uh, to try and figure out their game plan. But I think everyone is rightfully able to have some skepticism surrounding JT Barrett and this Ohio State offense because the last time they faced a competent defense in the form of Chris's Oklahoma Sooners, they floundered miserably. So have they been able to make that next step in their development that they can go out there, stymie Penn State's explosive offense, and do enough on the offensive side themselves, not only to win outright, but to cover that six-point tariff? Of all the love going on right now that I don't get, I don't get the love for Ohio State. They've beaten a bunch of basically laundry bags, and everyone's losing their mind over them. But with, with that said, with that said, Todd, they seem to be in a pretty enviable spot because they're going to have a chance to beat everyone in front of them. And, I mean, if they beat Penn State and then hold off, it's going to be hard to leave them out as a one-loss team if that only loses to a, an Oklahoma team that's able to maintain. Definitely. If Ohio State were to control their own destiny, which they do now, in my opinion, a win over Penn State, mm -hmm. and then finish it up with regular season wins against Iowa, Michigan State, Illinois, and that always tricky regular season finale, which will be in Ann Arbor this year, against Michigan before a conference championship game, most likely against Wisconsin, it's going to be very difficult to keep Ohio State out uh, at 12-1. and one. And you look at the Buckeyes' odds to win the national championship, they are now listed as second favorites behind only Alabama. Ooh. I think that price is ridiculous at 3-1, to one, but at the same time, maybe we're seeing a glimpse of the offense that's hung 38 points or more uh, in all of their last five games, 50 points or more over the last four.
Wow. Todd, let's talk a little World Series. My Dodgers. I'm, I'm on the Dodger bandwagon now. Uh, first of all, did you get did you <laughs> How get much did the, you have to pay to get your ticket on the Dodger bandwagon if you just got on in the middle of postseason, Arnie? Yeah, yeah, like one to two or something like that. But, I, hey, first of all, are people rushing to the books to bet this World Series? Is there any value in betting this World Series? I think there is a little bit of value, given uh, the Astros captured the attention of national media and, rec- and casual baseball fans battling back from a 3-2 series deficit against the Yankees. Yankees. The Dodgers right now a dollar sixty favorite at BetOnline.ag. Look at what the numbers are going to be for the series. Clayton Kershaw a similar price for Game One, matched up against Dallas Keuchel. As far as fan interest and betting handle, I'm not really sure this series is going to move the needle anything close to what a Yankees-Dodgers series yeah. would have done. But as you look at some of the other pitching matchups, if the Astros can get the split in L.A., meaning a win from Dallas Keuchel or Justin Verlander, it always sets up favorably when you have that two-three-two format. And they've seen plenty of you, Darvish, in those Texas Rangers-Houston Astros games in the past. And Game 4 remains a wild card. We know the Dodgers will go with Alex Wood. It's anyone's guess how Houston will choose to approach it. I'd have to imagine we see Lance McCullers in Game 3 and maybe Charlie Morton in Game 4 or flip-flop those two. Of all the sports, does home field advantage matter less or more in baseball? Uh, I think when you look at trying to set a number, uh, depending on how some of these teams are constructed, it can matter more. This time of year, I think you're talking about, regardless, a 20 to 30 cent adjustment, because these two teams, I won't say they're mere images of one another, but predicated on hitting the long ball, starting pitching that looks very good, at least at the top of the rotation. Again, the Astros are going to have to try and figure out in close games what that bullpen rotation will look like. Because if they thought they had a disadvantage against the Yankees in the ALCS, it's only going to be more pronounced against this Dodgers pen that's been absolutely nailed so far this postseason. Todd, what kind of odds can I get on my New York Knicks going 1-81? That will have to try and give you a real long shot odds, Arnie. But the way the Knicks have performed, you might have a really good chance at at that happening. But I think even the Knicks with their futility uh, aren't going to go 1-81. The better question I have for you, Knicks versus Lakers. If I make the Lakers about a four-and-a-half, five-game favorite, which side do you want? Oh, I'm running out to Vegas to take the Lakers. What, are you kidding me? The, <laughs> the Knicks are awful. I, I'm looking at the schedule. There's nobody other than the Suns. I don't think they can win a game. So they'll be underdog in every game. <laughs> well, uh, the good thing for the Knicks is at least they reside in the Eastern Conference. So there's plenty of bad teams in the league. Uh, and you look at their matchups. I know, Arnie, you're going to have their game circled against the Bulls as must-see TV all <laughs> season long. Is this parity in the NFL good for the league? And by that, if the Eagles lose tomorrow to the Redskins, then you'll have every team with at least two losses. Yep. It doesn't seem like we have a, a true favorite right now, even though it's probably just a matter of time before the Patriots get going. But – Todd, is this good for the league right now? I think it's good from a betting market perspective that you don't have a dominant team, but I'll say from a recreational fan, I think dominance is good for ratings. When you have teams that are 12 or 13-0 and 0, and you're tuning in every week to see if this is going to be the one week they get saddled with a loss, I think that makes for much more compelling theater than when we talk about a lot of the teams right now in that muddled group. You mentioned the Eagles having a chance to be the lone team with one loss if they're able to hold off Washington tomorrow night. Uh, but as far as the AFC is concerned, you do have the Pittsburgh and Pat- Steelers and Patriots extremely relevant, which helps for big brand name recognition. But the NFC wide open, I don't think that the recreational viewer tunes in to watch the Rams, the Vikings, 
uh, and, and even the Redskins to a lesser extent. So it'll be interesting to see how these teams start to differentiate themselves from one another. But don't rule out the New Orleans Saints right now. If that defense continues to improve, they have a legitimate shot to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl in a couple months. Todd, I'm saving my money for the USA soccer team in eight years from now. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and save that. for the You may as well take that money and put it into uh, you know some sort of <laughs> cryptocurrency, maybe let it grow a little bit, because they're not going to have a chance to win a World Cup in eight years any more than they're going to have a chance to win one next summer in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> like the way you think, Todd. Talk to you Thanks, next week, Todd. buddy. Thanks, Thanks for the Todd. info. Always a pleasure, guys. Uh, if you're not following Todd him. Furman, you should be at Todd Furman. Steve DeSager sliding right in from our Vegas expert to our West Coast gurus. Steve, what uh, what are we missing out on? Right uh, I love bringing up, now that Arnie mentioned the next World Cup, that it's in the country of Qatar in 2022 right. because of That's all the right. FIFA shenanigans. The U.S. and England lost out on the next couple of World Cups. And the good thing is there's, you know, all the stadiums will be within about 30 minutes drive of each other, I'm guessing, with the whole country being so small. But they gave the World Cup to a place where it averages 100 degrees in the summer. So they decided they're going to move the 2022 World Cup to the winter and have the World Cup final a week before Christmas. Not that Christmas is celebrated in the country of Qatar, baby, but it's just the oddest, stupidest thing. It's typical FIFA. By the way, you mentioned the World Series starting, also speaking of 100 degrees, starting in Los Angeles this week. Dallas Keuchel against Clayton Kershaw is the Tuesday night Game 1 matchup. Dallas Keuchel from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Dallas going up against a pitcher born in Dallas, Clayton Kershaw. That's it's gonna not going to be 100 degrees in that one. game up in Chavez Ravine. What are you, crazy? It's 100 like... degrees Monday, 100 degree the high for Tuesday, yeah, still in the 90s. It's a night Wednesday. game up in, up in the mountains up there. You'll be lucky if it's uh, going to be more than 70 degrees. In the mountains. You can see downtown from the parking lot. <laughs> It's going to be in the 90s, first pitch on Tuesday night. (laughs) Well, there's going to be a lot of, yet again, this NFL weekend, injuries to discuss. But have you seen the highlight from the Dallas game of kicker Dan Bailey being out with a groin injury? So the first time they scored a touchdown, the Cowboys, after that injury, they just went for two. And then later they got a safety on their roster who had kicked in high school to handle the kickoff duties, and he wound up two of three on extra points. Doink nice. one in. Apparently, Jeff Heath, the first non-kicker or punter to make multiple extra points in an NFL game since 1980, Houston Oilers linebacker Ted Thompson, the Packers GM. Get out of here. I had no idea. Peter King had a great item about Joe Thomas and making every snap of his pro career. He was hurt for Cleveland today. You know that last year in the NFL, 2% of players played every snap. Joe Thomas in 10 years has played every snap until today. Consecutive snaps streak snapped at 10,363. On the scoreboard, well, Cleveland's 0-7 now. They lost in overtime at home to Tennessee, 12-9. The Dallas win was 40-10 at San Francisco. Victories for the Chargers, Pittsburgh, and Seattle. And tonight in the second half fog, New England held off Atlanta 23-7. Tom Brady, two touchdown passes second quarter. Phoenix Suns fired coach Earl Watson. And finally, Notre Dame is up to number nine in the new AP college football poll. The top eight remain the same. North Carolina State up to number 14. It plays at Notre Dame this Saturday. Great stuff, Steve. We come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Uh, I DeSager brought up Joe Thomas, and I yeah. thought Jeremy Schapp did a great feature on Joe Thomas uh, leading into the season. 
I feel like it airs like every other minute. But it, so it was it was really cool to kind of get to know a little bit about a player that, in all honesty, we don't focus a lot on offensive linemen. So it's unfortunate to see what he's going through. You hope he's going to be okay and that he'll be able to bounce back and start next week. But at least the preliminary notes aren't good. And speaking of preliminary notes, here's a question I had for you, yeah. Arnie. Uh, outside of all the narcs in Cleveland who decided to tattle on Deshaun Kaiser for being out late, uh, is it, I'm not I'm not kidding. The, the TV station told Hugh Jackson quarterback was out partying. What a bunch of narcs! What are you people doing? But with that said, I mean, is is there there's that separation between what you do on your own time and then obviously the team's time? But is it a story? That Deshaun was out until 1.30 a.m. Saturday morning, which, by the way, would be Friday night into Saturday morning. But yet, he didn't, he didn't miss practice. He was still there in time. It's not like he got so ripped that he missed everything. I mean, is this a, is this a huge non-story, or is this a lack of maturity for Deshaun Kaiser? And I guess, in other words, is what he does on his own time, and he's not in trouble, and he's not breaking the law, is that our business? Well, in in the Twitter age now, everything is our business. I mean, we report on everything out there. Uh, but no, overall, in the whole grand scheme of things. By the way, is one thirty late? Is there what is a one o'clock curfew? I guess and there's no curfew. One thirty. Was there even a curfew or what? No, 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 no curfew. No curfew here in this. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I was hoping I had the cut, but my computer's on the fritz. Uh, Mary K. Cabot of the Cleveland Plain Dealer had oh, a quote yeah. from Hugh Jackson where he said, quote, a guy's personal time is his personal time. But I still think that's not what our – oh, do we have it? Uh, can we play it here, Ramos? I think it would be better to hear from Hugh Jackson than it would be for me. Personal but, time. but I still think go. that that's not what our guys do. I think our guys work at what they do. I would be surprised at that. I've never heard that. Um, I don't think Deshaun's that kind of – has that kind of character or personality that way. So that is what it is. We have the video. Uh, so he was. It's one thirty in the morning, and even if there's not a curfew, North! this is a guy trying yeah. to get in the place. Yeah, it's not a curfew. You're right. You said it. So that's the first I've heard of it. So appreciate you guys sharing that with me. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> what a bunch of dorks. How's this yeah, any I got different? video of them. Seriously, though, how, is this any different than Odell Beckham Jr. and the, uh, and the yacht story from, uh, what was it, two uh, Was it last year? Here's why I would say it was different because he was still in Cleveland and he didn't go to like Miami and go on a trip. You know, he's he's right there in town where they're playing. And and that was yeah, you're right, Eric. That was a playoff game last year for yeah. Odell. I understand you're 0 and 5, 0 and 6, 0 and 7 now. But still I I I sometimes we have stories and I understand that everyone wants their quarterback to be Derek Carr and Tim Tebow where uh, they don't go out and, and they're just studying their playbooks. And sometimes that's for the good and sometimes that's for the bad. But uh, according to the report, the, the late night came hours after he called a players-only offensive meeting on Friday. Though he didn't miss any team activities, his Friday night partying didn't sit well with other teammates. Quote Ricardo Lewis, I don't think I'd be doing that. When you're a young guy in this league, you have to learn how to prepare. He's learning right now. Preparation for success is such a fine line. And I was reading the book that I think Mike Freeman wrote on Ken Stabler. Could you imagine if we had Ken Stabler or uh, Twitter during Ken Stabler's time whenever he was a rookie studying his playbook by the the jukebox? Joe Namath? I mean, uh, again, I understand that you're winless. Michael Jordan? Yeah, Michael Jordan's game. Optics are bad, right? But, again, one thirty in the morning – Nothing good ever happens after midnight. I don't want my kids out that late. But, I mean, 
they're not this is a grown ass man he said um whenever he told reporters that he uh he wasn't here to talk about his personal life when asked about the video he vehemently denied that his partying shows a lack of commitment absolutely not i was out i was at the facility the next day preparing for the game and the game right before that once again, I am not here to talk yeah, about Yeah, but was he drinking life. and stuff like that, or was he just eating some food, having a good time, maybe talking to some females, and, and that's why he was out? I mean, geez, get, cut the guy a break for crying out loud. Yeah, I heard Brady Quinn talking about some pretty cool places that you can go in downtown Cleveland. So, <laughs> I, I don't know. Of all the stories tonight that I saw, and I, and I realized from a fan's perspective, if I'm a, if I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, that does anger me. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? We're winless. But then I kind of stop and I think, well, you know, he's probably, what, 21, 22 years old. He's uh, been given the keys to the franchise in a roundabout way. He's making a boatload of money. Go live. You know, be free. Enjoy yourself. It's not like you're strapped down by requirements that have you every single minute. That You've got to get away. And if you're winless, you got to blow off some steam or you're going to go crazy, aren't you? Oh, I don't want to be out and about, though. You know how the fans could be. And we've, we've heard the stories about Kyrie and Jimbo Fisher and stuff like that. So I'm not sure I want to go hey, and be where the fans are. Tell me about the Jimbo Fisher story. I, I just know what he clapped back at a couple Louisville fans, right? Well, no, I, I guess when he was leaving the game, and of course, you remember, I don't know if people remember what happened. It was tied at 28 when Florida State had the ball. They were pretty much just running the clock down to kick the game-winning field goal. And the quarterback took the ball out of the uh, – uh, running backs, uh, you know, uh, when he gave it to him, he tried to pull it out. There was a fumble. Uh, of course, uh, Louisville gets the ball, drives down, and gets the game-winning field goal. And as Jimbo Fisher was exiting the stadium, one fan, and I think we have the sound, was just yelling, uh, you know, we need new coaches, get new coaches, get new coaches. And, uh, of course, Jimbo Fisher uh, had to say something back to him. There was no uh, obscenity or anything like that. He was just frustrated. I'm sure everybody was frustrated with that loss. Getting mad, but, I mean, my gosh, they lost their starting quarterback at the beginning of the season. I mean, a, a guy that was in Heisman conversations and DeAndre Francois. I mean, I don't care how good you are. I don't care how great your talent is. When you lose someone like that, you're going to struggle a little bit easy there. What Seminole did you think fan. about the double bird from the uh, Tennessee player? Having been to a game at Alabama, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often, to be honest with you. I and mean, those fans are great, don't get me wrong, but if I was an opposing if I was an opposing player, man, I'm surprised that doesn't happen more often. You gotta really they're good at they're good at harassing players. You gotta keep her cool there. And, and Kyrie got fined twenty five thousand dollars by the NBA for his comments uh to a fan who yelled, Hey Kyrie, where's LeBron? And um, he said something back we can't really repeat on the air. Yeah. Like was, is that bad when you so, say, where's LeBron? I, I'm not sure that's re- really insulting, you know? Yeah, I don't think it is either. But I, I, this has not been the smoothest start for the Boston <laughs> Celtics. You know, when, when you consider the injuries and a couple of losses here and there, so I can understand where he might be frustrated. Yeah, uh, players kind of trying to go a little wild here, flipping the double bird, playing until 1.30 in the morning. TV TV anchors narking on them. I mean, my God. If I was someone in the front row, I'd turn around like, what are you, do- what are you doing? And, oh, we got video of him, Coach. We got video of him. What a bunch of dorks. All right, when we come back to the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, let's wrap it up the only way we know how yep. with Arnie Spaniers picks. That's next on a Fox Football Sunday. Final segment for Arnie and I. Ben Maller coming up next, along with Eddie and the crew, Danny G., 
We're in a little better mood this week with the Raiders win. Uh, tough one for Koopaloop, though. My goodness. How did the Raiders lose to that Broncos team? They're awful. Uh, great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Switch to geico.com. Arnie, real quick, before we get to your picks, there's yeah. a couple of tweets I wanted to get to, but I, I didn't pay off a tease from earlier, and I don't know how much you've got a chance to dig into it, but Julio Jones was, I don't want to say making an issue, but complaining a bit about the uh, the fireworks still being shot off by the Patriots despite the fog. And from his perspective, it just kind of added to things. So does, does Julio Jones have a point, or is this just kind of one of those little excusinator things that might have come off a little bit differently than he meant? I, if I was him, I wouldn't say a damn thing, considering that he got the, oh, by the way, touchdown padded his stats, and offensively they looked disgusting. What was the problem in the second half against the Dolphins where they couldn't put any points on the board and let a 17 nothing lead slip away? There was no fog on that day, so he needs to just get back on the bus and head on home because uh, that doesn't fly. Uh, a couple of quick tweets. Bama has beaten Tennessee 11 years in a row, guys. The kid was just reminding himself that when he double-birded the fans. That's true. Ah, that yes. might be true. Uh, I like this from UCLA Dodger Frank who writes, I agree the Kaiser story is a non-story, but imagine the piranhas waiting outside of clubs once the NFL goes to Vegas. Oh, I can only imagine. They're there oh, with the NHL, goodness. but nobody cares about covering them. Not, not yet, not yet. And uh, this, this from Matt writes, Arnie, since the opposite of what you say usually happens, please no more positive talk about Zeke or my Cowboys. Stick to the negative. You want to pick him for the Super Bowl here to really make it good for Matt on the evening or no? No, 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 I'm not doing that. I'm sticking with my Dolphins. I'm sticking with them. I don't know what I'm going to do in the NFC, but I'm sticking with my Dolphins for now. Matter of fact, let me get to my picks, Chris. Give me a little music, Ramos. Put me in the mood. We start off right off the bat in college football, Chris, because upset special number one, West Virginia. I don't want the eight. I don't need the eight. I'm going to take the eight. I told you Oklahoma State is a fraud from the very beginning. Did you see that Texas game? They put Watched seven points on the board in the first quarter, and they can't score again except for some lousy field goals, and they have to go into overtime. When they have to play a tough or even an average defensive team, this team can't score. Give me West Virginia plus the eight, even though that is upset special number one. West Virginia over Oklahoma State. You know I'm taking my Arizona Wildcats. What, what, Chris? <laughs> That wasn't me. That was Ramos. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'm taking my Arizona Wildcats plus the two and a half against Washington State. I'm back on the bandwagon. And up, says special number two, Penn State. I don't want the six. I don't need the six. I'm going to take oh the gosh. six. Penn State may be the second best team in college football. Maybe the only team that could beat Alabama. Give me Penn State plus the six. Just a couple games in the NFL. I'm all over my Dolphins plus the three and a half against Baltimore. I'm, I'm going against Atlanta every time until they fix themselves. Give me the Jets plus the seven. I'll take Philadelphia because they're playing San Francisco. They were horrible against Dallas. I'll lay the ten and a half. Give me Buffalo minus the three against your Oakland Raiders. I'm taking the Patriots for the first time in my life. Minus five and a half against the Chargers. And I'm going to take Washington and pick them against the Cowboys. My Knicks are starting 0-2. They'll lose both games this week against Boston and Brooklyn to start off 0-4. And my Dodgers in six in the World Series. So there you have my picks. Do with them as you please. 
But remember now, Chris, they're strictly for entertainment purposes only. Now, since we very rarely get a chance to hang out with Ramos, in fact, very rarely, Ramos, what do you have the Dodgers in? Two? No. Win the series? <laughs> <laughs> no, Houston's a very good team. I say Do- I agree with Arnie. I say Dodgers in six. Oh, then I'm going to change my pick. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't change your pick. Ramos, it was good to hang out with you tonight. Great it job was. as Thanks, always. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, yeah, Arnie. You're the best. Thanks, you're Ramos. The man. Uh, E-Rob, uh, now next week we're enemies, so I don't know if we'll be friends. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to – yeah, night. I'm not going to do anything for the show until we walk out with the W. So have, fun with, have fun playing it, it out. It, here's the line. What's new? Uh, and by the way, to Sager, uh, great job as always. For Arnie Spanier, I'm Chris Plank. Stick around. Uh, the great Big Ben Maller is coming up next to tell you how great the Los Angeles Rams are right here on Fox Sports Radio. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 